Welcome to the Tall Potty Syndrome, where we talk all things sport. This one's for the Facebook coaches, the Instagram selectors, but most importantly, those people at the pub that would have made it if it wasn't for those dodgy knees. Brought to you by two blokes that were so average they couldn't even blame injury for why they didn't make it. Over to you, boys. Alrighty, welcome to the Tall Potty Syndrome. This is episode number four. I'm joined here with Sam. How are you, mate? Good, mate. Chomping at the bit to, to get stuck in. Yeah, mate. It was, it's going to be a big episode. I feel like I say that every week, but uh, we've got a fair <laughs> bit to cover, haven't we? Uh, lots of sport happening over the weekend. We've obviously got the Paralympics starting as well. So, uh, yeah, lots to cover. Um, so third week in the row, though, for us. We've, we've done, done good. Well. Yeah. I've actually named the podcast episode this week after the fact that we've gone three in a row. So we've called it Seal's Birthday. After the greatest three in a row you'll ever see in your lifetime. Yeah, I'll never forget that one. Oh, mate. I don't know if you were there. Were you there? No. Oh, I wish I was there. That was the only sporting event I wish I was there for, I reckon. Yeah, I reckon it would have been loud. Oh, mate. Just unreal as well. Especially that that matches on a a knife edge as well. I think they were three for, you know, whatever, 170 or something like that. And could have gone either way. And then boom, boom, boom. Or maybe been four for a bit. Anyway. This is for you, Pete. Um, But uh, let's get into it, mate. Like I said, we've got lots to cover. So... First thing first, we're onto the European football. Uh, we obviously had lots happen over the course of the weekend. We'll talk about some of the controversy as well and some of the stuff that's been happening. Um, but let's just go through results quickly first. Uh, on to uh, the Bundesliga, mate. Um, interesting round. Uh, we had a couple of teams beaten that probably, yeah, were, were um, good chances to be winning. But um, I, I think the big story out of it uh, was Leipzig. Carved up four 0 after we told them to be better last week, uh, and I know I sent you a couple of goals through the week, mate. But a couple of worldies from mm. Jobberschlei or whatever, however you say his name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, on debut, wasn't it? Yeah, first first game for them. Yeah, switched over from Red Bull Salzburg to uh, to Leipzig, and uh, he's a he's a star in the making. One was about thirty foot out from uh, from a penalty or from a free kick as well. Yeah, awesome. The way he hit it was just. Oh man, sensational! He's a he's a future star. I think the fans will definitely take to the new boy. Hey, I think so. Yeah, I think they already have <laughs> sold on him. Um, we had a couple of draws here and there uh, with Mainz and, and Augsburg, uh, nil all, um, and then uh, Bielefeld and Firth one all, uh, as well as uh, Hoffenheim and Union two all. Then a couple of victories. Um, the big upset was Dortmund mm. getting beat by by uh, Freiburg two one. Um, and the goal for Dortmund was an own goal as well. They didn't actually score. Sounds like they didn't play too well. Yeah, I didn't see much of it, but uh, they had a lot of possession. I think they had about 75% possession and still lost. It's pretty remarkable. So, uh, yeah, they need to obviously improve there. Wolfsburg had a win, 2-1. Uh, Bochum, 2-0. Um, and then we saw Bayern uh, and Leverkusen also get a win, 4-0 for, for Leverkusen. Pretty comprehensive over Borussia Monchon Gladbach, who's uh, that's well two in a row now if they've lost. Thanks, mate. Uh, and then, oh no, they, they drew last week, I think, against Bayern. And then, uh, yeah, Bayern 3 2 get the job done against Cologne, Cologne or however you pronounce it. But um, uh, interesting round of results, yeah, with obviously Dortmund uh, being one of the headlines going down 2 1. Um, so that's week two over there. Uh, we then move on to La Liga and draws galore. Uh, Real Betis and, and Cadiz are one all. 
Mallorca and Alaves 1-0. Sorry, Mallorca got the job done. Valencia and Granada 1-0 draw. Espanyol uh, and Villarreal 0-0 uh, draw. Uh, it's a common theme here. Barcelona, after their big win last week, drew 1-0 with Athletic Club. Uh, Real Sociedad uh, beat Rio Vallecano 1-0. Um, Atletico uh, beat El Che 1-0 uh, and then another draw with a big dog Real Madrid drew 3 all against Levante uh, it would have been a good game to watch no doubt plenty of goals yeah uh, Sevilla 1-0 uh, against Getafe and Sevilla on top at the moment uh, they're flying playing some really good football and then Osasuna drew with Celta Vigo who will be tough to beat throughout this year I don't see them challenging for uh, for the top few spots but uh, there's going to be one of those teams around mid-table that is Make it difficult for them. Grind hard, and yeah. Um, cold, wet night at, at Stokes sort of mentality yep. about them, yeah. It's a shame we don't have that in the Premier League anymore, either. Yeah, Stokes. they're just a bit shit now, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um, so yeah, that's the uh, that's the La Liga. Obviously, yeah, like I said, probably the big talking points, two big dogs, Barcelona and uh, Real Madrid, both drawing on the weekend in... Um, yeah, especially Real, three all. So they've um, obviously got to fix up a, a bit of defence, don't they? Mm. But we move on over to Italy, Serie A, uh, Serie A. Uh, and they had their first round on the weekend um, with a uh, couple of important results with some big clubs. There's no real surprises, I guess, apart from probably Juventus. Uh, we had Sassuolo beat Hellas Verona 3-2. Inter uh, punished uh, Genoa 4-0. Um Lazio uh, dispatch of Empoli, Empoli three uh, one after Empoli scored first. So all four goals happened in the first half as well. Uh, Atalanta uh, get the job done in ninety third minute two one. Um, we had Bologna uh, beat Salernitana. Uh, hope I said that right. Three two. Plenty of goals there. All came in the second half. So uh, lots happening in that second half. And then a uh, Juve, yeah, two all draw and. As we spoke about just a bit earlier, um, led two nil at one stage. Yeah, they led two nil pretty early as well. Twenty third minute, you think they would have got the job done from there, but uh, yeah, we saw Cristiano Ronaldo score a goal in the ninety third minute, and got it got the kid disallowed. Off. Yeah, <laughs> lit off yellow card for nothing. Don't know why it was disallowed. Maybe it was offside. I'm not really sure, but it didn't look like it, and uh, they just chalked it off. Um, in the world's worst kit, did you see their kit? No. It was... Oh, it was disgusting, mate. Go and have a look at it. It's yellow, <laughs> this yellow and blue thing, that's just awful. Um, so, yeah, Juve, a tool draw to start off their season. Napoli got the job done against Venezia, 2-0. Uh, we then had Roma, yeah, Totti's boys, 3-1 uh, mm. up over Fiorentina. Um, Cagliari and Spezia, tool draw. And then Milan, AC, uh, got the job done against Sampdoria, 1-0. So nothing really apart from probably Juve uh, yeah. out of the ordinary through that. All the big clubs that are pushing for European berths, Inter, Lazio, Atalanta, um, Juve, uh, Napoli, Roma, Milan. Didn't drop any points, I guess. Um, you know, obviously Juve drew, but the rest won. Yeah. So good starts for them. Uh, we then move on to League One. For the third round, and uh, I noticed there was plenty of goals in this. Uh, Paris Saint-Germain started us off, mate, 4-2. Another four goal feat, so that's 11 goals, first three rounds. It's conceded every game. I know they've conceded four goals, I think, already. Uh, but, uh, yeah, just scoring goals, yeah. You're not going to beat many sides if they can score four on you. 
No. Nah. Yeah, you know, uh, doesn't matter how good you go in attack. Um, yeah, four goals against you, it's going to be tough to, to beat them. And that's obviously the big danger with PSG and how quality they have. They are up front. Uh, we then saw Lons beat uh, Monaco and probably the upset of the round, 2-0. Um, and a couple of other big dogs that are pushing for uh, title aspirations. Lille uh, drew one all. Uh, we also saw Lyon draw three all as well. Uh, Wudo and Anger, Ongers, uh, one all. Uh, Metz and Reims, one all. Uh, Montpellier, three one against Lorient. Uh, Strasbourg and Troy, uh, one all. Uh, Rene. I think that's how you pronounce it. Nantes, 1-0. Um, and then Nice and Marseille. And that's the big talking point Yeah, this one. Uh, mate, the, the scuffle, the kerfuffle, whatever you want to call it, um, that, we, uh, that we saw on the sidelines. Mate, talk us through it. Yeah, well, we saw some fans throwing bottles at mm. uh, Pied as he looked to take a corner. Mm-hmm. I think one of them might have hit him and he had a little bit of a lay down. He was in yeah. a bit of pain and then we saw... Of course he was, yep. Few more bottles come, and then he realised he couldn't get a penalty. Yeah, he's, he's <laughs> taken matters into his own hands and, yeah. and started throwing bottles back. And you know, it's only eleven of you. So there's ten thousand in the stands, yeah. and they've just yeah. just decided Threw a to bullet back as well. A bullet. He, he, oh he, yeah, yeah. He, Very yeah. flat, yeah. literal yeah. bullet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the MLB might be calling. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is France. Anything could happen over there. Yeah, so correct. Yeah. Pretty wild place, but um, yeah, crazy scenes, and to see the people on the and you know Marseille. Refused to take the field and um, yeah. the, the, the win was awarded to, to Nice. Yeah. Nice, however you want to say it. Nice. It's a bit hard to swallow that they get rewarded for the, mm. you know, with the, with it's the weird points. that they didn't want to take the field though, because I don't know if you saw much footy. I saw there was a, um, like a crowd uh, person, a, a supporter actually recorded um, the fight from their angle. They were just near there. Yeah. It wasn't really a fight. I was like, oh, I'm interested to see what happens because French people are wild, but it's also soccer at the same time. It yep. looked like there was a lot of words thrown out and that's it. Yeah. And then all these seckies come around and then all of a sudden the crowd just went back to their seats and <laughs> <laughs> to watch some more football. Yeah, right? no. <laughs> wow. It was like a minute. <laughs> that's just wild stuff, eh? Was, uh, yeah, lots of pointing and lots of yelling. I think I saw a, one bloke try and kick, kick pie. Okay. Yeah, that's don't, don't think got near him, but it's very soccer of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, mate, that was yeah interesting. I thought it could have kicked off way more than what it actually did. Yeah, but you just you don't like see that though. You know, fans coming on the field and throwing bottles. Yeah, and... correct. And then you know, you you mentioned through the week, and I probably had a bit more of a watch of it. And I think fair enough. Yeah, Payet should have probably not thrown it back. Yeah, it <laughs> I, I can understand being angry and and reacting, but I think cooler heads probably needed to prevail. Mm. Obviously, it just escalated the situation. Mm. Didn't probably go too far. It ended all right, but yeah, I definitely wouldn't recommend that to players. Even if you're getting stuff thrown at you, maybe just get away from the fence, hey? Yeah. Rather than go throwing stuff That's probably back. a good call. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's move on to the EPL, mate. Uh, it, was a, it was a big week, and we saw League Cup action start this week as well in the Carabao Cup, and uh, a couple of big results through there. I, I want to go through a story uh, from the Carabao Cup as well, but uh, we'll go through the results first and foremost. Um, we saw Norwich have a 6-0 win against Bournemouth. That's that's big because Norwich obviously moved up this year. Bournemouth is still in championship, but yep. you know, the Premier League team a couple of years ago pumped 6-0. Aston Villa had a win 6-0. Oh, I've got a story out of that game. Um, Brentford 3-1 against Forest Green. In fairness, it probably should have been 
Yep. Ten nil. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> correct. Uh, we had Brighton uh, knock off Cardiff two nil. Everton knock off Huddersfield. And you reckon there's a bit of controversy there? Two one. Yeah, Huddersfield. I watched that one, and I thought Huddersfield were a bit unlucky. They had a goal disallowed. That mate, I couldn't see anything wrong with it. Eh? They whipped a corner in. Players headed it in, and yep. uh, disallowed. Disallowed for God knows what. Mm. Bit bit stiff, but. Uh, Probably not expected to beat Everton, but I uh, thought they yeah, probably had a chance, big chance and were unlucky to have that goal disallowed. Mm. Yep, okay. Leeds, 3-0 against Crew Alexandra. Watford, 1-0 against Palace. It's a pretty good win. Yeah. Um, and then Wolves, 4-0 against Notts Forest. Um, so all those teams obviously pushing on to the next round. What's that, round three now? Yeah, I think that was the, the second round. Second first round. first games for the Premier League clubs. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, on to the Premier League uh, and some results through there. So, um, yeah, what do we have this week, mate? We kicked off with Liverpool and Burnley. Uh, Liverpool got the job done, 2-0. Burnley's going to struggle this year, I think. I uh, made mention to that on the, on the uh, podcast last week. I think they're a good chance to go down. Uh, I think they're about 350 or something like that to get relegated. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd be taking that. I'd cop that. I, I think Burnley, It's not. they're not where they, where they were probably couple of years ago where they were mid-table team. I think they're right at the bottom now. They're going to struggle. We saw Spurs continue on. 1-0 win against Wolves, who are pretty hard to win against at home as well. Um, so a good win there. Uh, you may mention the Harry Kane rocked up this week. Came off the bench, got himself a yellow card and thought he'd play this week. So well yeah. done, Harry, for earning your paycheck. Good job. <laughs> well done, you, mate. Uh, we then saw Southampton Man United draw one all. But uh, that extends, I think Man United now has the largest non-losing streak run. away from home. Um, and Oli blew up in that, after that, about, mm. um, and so did Jurgen Klopp actually after that game about the, they think it's becoming a bit like rugby, they're letting a lot of uh, fouls and stuff go. Mm-hmm. I think it's good to see in the Premier League, see yeah. players get up and play on instead of... Yeah, more you cats. <laughs> get up. Yeah, yeah <laughs> seriously. You know they're rolling around, you see, it's just ridiculous. Um but yeah, Man United, I think there's going to be some changes again. So they made some changes this week and it just didn't work. Um, so I think, again, they'll make some changes, probably go back to the week one side. Um, yeah, the, the changes didn't quite work, uh, especially up front. They moved Greenwood to the right, I think. He scored, I think. And yeah. the goal that Southampton scored, I think there was a foul in the lead up to that. I thought Fernandez got fouled and I thought, yeah, Southampton pretty lucky that that goal was allowed, I think. Yep, fair enough. Pretty biased one, Blake, though. We then, uh, we then saw Brighton beat Watford, who I said were a good chance. And they, they pumped them 2-0. Yeah, anyway, it is what it is. Brighton, I think, in the top four or top six at the moment. Yeah, they are. Well <laughs> After I said they're a chance of relegation. I don't, look, in fairness, <laughs> so they have played Watford and who they play week one. They played someone else average. Um I can't remember who. Maybe something like Villa. Uh, anyway, 2-0. Uh, City just dispatched Norwich, 5-0. Um, so they're back to their best. Grealish got on the score sheet in that one for the yep. first time. Yep. And, uh, yeah, he was good again, wasn't he? Yeah. So, um, yeah, he's going good. And, yeah, it looks to me like he's, he's going to improve and kick on at City. Uh, Leeds and Everton drew to all. Um, and then to Palace and, and Brentford draw nil all. Um, Villa bounced back 2-0. Newcastle's in the world hurt at the moment, I think. They're, they're in strife. Um, two losses. You see the six goals, I think, the first two two weeks. So they're um, they're going to struggle. But the big news 
Oh, I know, sorry, I, I missed one game because we don't really want to talk about how shit Arsenal are right now, but uh, Chelsea 2-0, that was always going to be, I think, Lukaku scored as well in 13 min- 13th minute or something for his comeback game to uh, to Arsenal to stick it up him. Yeah, and, uh, he looked unplayable just, in that one. They were just too good, weren't they? Yeah. Arsenal's, yeah, they're another team in the world hurt. They, they're um, they're going to finish in the bottom 10 this year. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think they're in big yeah. trouble. I think they're sitting 19th at the moment. Yeah. But I think Chelsea are a big chance. So they're going to be title contenders this year, Chelsea. They're very strong. Correct, mate. Correct. Still got some players to come in, I think, as well. Um, and then the big story, though, is West Ham up to the top of the ladder. One four one against Leicester. Phenomenal, mate. And uh, they're really That London Stadium, I know a lot of the fans were unhappy when they moved there, but they're starting to make that a bit of a, a home for themselves. Yeah, at, correct. That place, I think, they Good win there against Leicester City. Yeah, correct. They're, they're playing some really good football, aren't they? And um, uh, Mikhail Antonio became the leading scorer for West Ham or something like that. Bit of an underdog story, mate. He's uh, come out, out of nowhere and he's uh, leading the charge and he was whooping it up big time as well. He was uh, all about the whooping up life and uh, went over to the crowd and, and did the lot, mate. There he is. He, uh, that's right, he raised a cardboard cutout of himself up to the crowd. Oh, no. yeah, yeah, so... Um, now that was good to see. They're um they're a good chance of playing some European football this year. I think you know top seven or something like that goes on to Europe in um, whether it be the conference, the new conference league, or Europa, or obviously Champions League. So they're a good chance of finishing around the mark. Um, but uh, yeah, good result there. Uh, obviously, I think it coincides. They scored three goals after um, Perez got red carded for Leicester, but um, they were just way too good in the end. West Ham, so they're under big things this year. Um, mate, but um, some talking points, I guess, out of the EPL. Uh, first thing is the story I've got for you from, um, I think this is hilarious, this is from uh, the Carabao Cup to the weekend. So Villa player, Aston Villa player, Anwar Algarzi. I don't know if you heard of him, I haven't really, but anyway, he scores a penenka, is it penenka? Yeah, yeah. Penalty? Uh, so he scored a penenka penalty to go up 3-0 and then went and shushed the crowd. Now that's like good on you, mate. Yeah, fair enough. No problems. Yeah, sweet. But the funny part of it, it was against League Two side Barrow, who just avoided relegation from League Two last year when they finished twenty first. I don't think that's really the time and place to be able to Panenka and then were the, sure. were the crowd G and up? You wouldn't think they would, you know. You think they'd know that they're rubbish. <laughs> yeah. uh, and they went on to win six 0 but that's a fair bit of carry on, is it? Yeah. <laughs> So like, right. come on, it's a fucking round two of Carabao Cup that no one really cares about anyway. Was it even televised, mate? <laughs> Probably not. No. <laughs> uh, in front of 800 people at Barrow Stadium. Oh, actually, let's have a look. Let's see how many people can uh, can be seated at Barrow, um, at Barrow's football club. Yeah, let's um, let's have a look. They're in Cumbria. Don't know where that is. 5,000, there's only 1,000 people that can be seated, 5,000 capacity, including standing. Wow. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, anyway. Well, one of them must have upset him. <laughs> Correct. But uh, good on you, Anwar. You're the man. <laughs> You're the man. Um, but uh, moving on, mate, this is the, probably the big news yeah. out of it. Um, so Premier League have come out this week and said they will not really be, Premier clubs this is, will not be releasing players for World Cup qualifiers. Um, if they are going to a red-listed COVID country. So um, South American. Yeah, country. so in September. So there's, I think, 20-something countries that are going to be affected by it um, and 60 players overall. Brazil's probably the biggest that's been affected by it. So they've got 
This is just in the Premier League. Allison, Edison, Fabinho, uh, Gabriel Jesus, uh, Thiago Silva, Firmino, Richarlison, and a couple more that will not be eligible to play. So handy side, eh? And then yeah, that's correct. two of their best goalkeepers. So yeah. Big trouble for, for Brazil. So, um, yeah, and that's World Cup qualifiers as well. It's not just friendlies. World Cup qualifiers, and that's going to be ne- that's next month in the in the international window. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. Obviously, FIFA pays a lot of the bills mm. at the end of the day, and the World Cup brings in so much money. Um, yes, yeah, so there's some big teams. Argentina is another one affected. Paraguay, there's a few. Yeah, pretty much all South American teams, and then Mo Salah can't play for mm. Egypt, so that's a big out. Yeah, um, for them. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see who who folds first, I guess, if FIFA just cops it or if they – I think from what I saw, they're going to try and put something in place that they can overturn this because, yeah, big money spinner, like I said, the World Cup. Yeah, well, you wouldn't. If you're like Salah, for example, you wouldn't want to – if you're Liverpool, you pay him and then he goes and, and he has to do quarantine and misses a game. I can understand where they're coming from. but That's the thing. They'd have to quarantine for 10 days, so there's probably two games that they could miss. Yeah. You know, so you're paying big money. You're paying them – you know, Salah's probably what three hundred grand a, year, a week. Yeah, three hundred thousand pound a week. Um, so was some of these other guys. You know, um, Alison Edison. They're on. They'd be on big money. Uh, Firmino. He's yeah. going to be on good money too. Um, they're playing these guys big, big woods of cash to come out and perform for them, and then they can't perform for two weeks because they're going to go elsewhere. I can understand from both perspectives. So I don't know who's going to fold first, mate. It's going to be interesting. So that will happen the next couple of weeks. We're going to see the outcome of that. We talked about it on week one, eh? They should just let the boys just catch the flu and uh, and run it off, I reckon. Let's, let's get it done. <laughs> well, yeah, sure. <laughs> That's it. Um, so, yeah, 60 players, 19 Premier League clubs have players that are in that. Those are the red list. Who's the, who's the one? I don't know. I couldn't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Arsenal going to have no one selected. <laughs> no. Maybe Norwich. Norwich is a fair chance. Brent I don't know. Really know. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows, mate? But, uh, Maybe anyway. something for the viewers. Or the, li- the listeners. Yeah. Something. There you go. Have a look. Uh, but yeah, 60 players could be affected by it. So uh, our ears, uh, on the, or our eyes are on the lookout for, for what happens over the next couple of weeks. A couple of signing news. Uh, first one is Odegaard. He's officially... Um, transferred to Arsenal this week, 30-something million pounds they paid. He was obviously on loan there last year um, from Real Madrid and, and there's, uh, the deal's been officially done, so he's going to be ready to play West, West Brom. Um, but that's a pretty good signing. He's a, I, I really rate him. Yeah, that's, really that's, that's like the... What is it? To the, to the, the penthouse to the shithouse, though. Yeah. Real Madrid to <laughs> yeah, Arsenal. But when you're not getting a run somewhere, like, yeah, fair enough. I, guess. I think he's 22 now, so it's you know it's time for him to really cement himself in a in a, in a top-grade side. And at the end of the day, Arsenal's still a top-grade side, you know. Yeah. Like, Premier League's one of the best comp... It is probably the best comp in the world, depth-wise. Um, Gets the most viewers. I, my man, the most viewers. Best. And, you know, your, your top-quality players want to go there, you yeah. know. So, um, you know... Him to, to Arsenal if the, he turns the season around, you never know. And they've got a couple of big ins to come. You know, we talk about they're in danger, but they've still got Lacazette to come in, obviously Odegaard to come in. Um, they've got a couple of other guys to, to come in. So they might not be in the relegation zone, but I reckon I can see them in the bottom 10. They do some real work on their list. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Obama Young's pretty much done there. Um, but uh, Odegaard is a good start. He's classy, um, has proven himself he can play in the Premier League as well because that's a big question mark with some of these guys um, that come in. 
Um, can they prove themselves at the top level? And he's proven last year, played really well for Arsenal at the back end of the year. So good signing. But then the big ones, mate. Number one, Ronaldo to Man City. There's been lots of whispers this week that he's, uh, he's um, I guess his career at Juve is probably finished or pretty close to done. And Man City apparently is the first suitor. And they might take him as an option over Harry Kane. So maybe that's why we saw Kane back in the lineup this year, this week. Well, yeah, Harry Kane he's is going to be cheaper, cheaper than Harry Kane. Yeah, cheaper transfer fee. Yep. Yeah. That's I don't know. I, I think I speak on behalf of all football fans. We really don't want to see uh, Man yeah. City get Ronaldo. They'll be just about unbeatable if they're not already. Mm. But yeah, I mean, it'd be good to see him back in the Premier League. Obviously, where where it sort of all started for Ronaldo when he became a household name, getting back there. But yeah. And he said that all along. He wants to get back to the Premier League to finish off his career as well. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. But I think yeah. United fans will be dirty on him, though. He can go anywhere but yeah, City, yeah, please. Yeah. Well, he's got about 100... They've got about 150, mil, 150 million pounds to spend on someone. So You're going to get your man with that sort of money, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> You're going to get most players, aren't you? Um, and then the other big one, you mentioned this to me earlier, but this is huge. Mm. Mbappe to Real Madrid is looking more and more likely as the seconds go past. They've offered £137 million for him to move. He still hasn't re-signed it at PSG. His contract's up at the end of the year and there's a lot of talk that he won't re-sign and look somewhere else. Real Madrid's probably a pretty fair option for him, really. Yeah. Doesn't have to move that far away, really, over to, to Madrid. And... Um, you know, Real Madrid's Real Madrid, aren't they? You know? Yeah, I think if um, it's almost like every player, you know, it's sort of the goal to get to to Real Madrid at some stage, yeah. and yeah, quality player like him, I'm sure he would make a big difference. Mm. But they they never really filled the the void when they lost the great man Ronaldo. Yeah. And I think yeah, I think young Mbappe's got all the all the ability in the world. He could definitely make a difference. The biggest one that's interested me though is on the back of that. There's talk now, of obviously, who's PSG? I don't know that they need to buy anyone, but who, who are they going to buy to to replace him? And there's talk of Richarlison uh, from Everton mm. to make the he's move. He's been a busy boy. Hey, he's played a lot of football the last. Yeah, and he's played some really good football as well. He, well, he played. Yeah, he played in the, in the Olympics. Olympics. Yeah, uh, he played in the Copa America. He, you know, he was. Um, yeah, he's played a lot of football. Obviously, all Everton's games last year and. Played some really good football as well, only young. Um, yeah, so that's that's the talk. He's that's a classy player. He'd fit in at a big club like PSG. Yeah, you're probably right, mate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's that's the the big talking points um, from the EPL this year. Oh, this week. Sorry, we'll also have some more next week. Uh, I think there's only one or two weeks. Break is it next week? I don't know. Good question. Is I think they're back on the two. Okay, well. fair enough. Yep. Um, well. It's still going to be a big week because the, the um, transfer window has only got about a week and a bit to go, I'm pretty sure. So there's obviously still some big movement. I think Chelsea want to get rid of some players. Um, I think Arsenal want to get rid of some players. I think City want to get rid of some players and same with Man United. Um, there's a few clubs that want to get rid of some players and then get some players in. So there could be a lot of movement happening in the next yeah week or so. Busy, busy. Mm. Uh, but we move on, uh, and something that started today, which I think a lot of Australians are excited for because we're really good at it, and that's the Paralympics. Um, mate, excited to see what happens. The wheelchair rugby start started just before we uh, we started this body today. Um, that would be awesome. Really looking forward to, to all of the events, mate. Are you looking to, forward to anything in particular? We've got Dylan 
Alcott, Alcott, yeah. yeah, in the in the wheelchair tennis. I'll definitely get around and watch a little bit of that. I, I find it really hard to get around him as a person, eh? Did you know that he's actually competed at the Olympics? I think it was like wheelchair basketball or something back True. in the day. Yeah. There you go. What a man of many talents. Yeah. Mate, that's pretty good effort. Yeah. yeah. I guess the, the big thing for me, the, the thing that I've always looked forward to, uh, obviously the swimming's pretty awesome to watch, but the thing for me that I've really found remarkable with the Paralympics as a track event, mm-hmm. um, all the athletics, you know, I, I think back to being in my lounge room watching Kurt Fernley and Louise Savage as a kid and just think it was awesome and how dominant they were and how good they were and, um, yeah, made me uh, really get into the Paralympics. And, uh, mate, one one person looking forward is a guy called Jared Clifford, tw- turned 22 this year. Went to Rio, but he was obviously 17 at the time, but pretty remarkable. So he's a vision-impaired runner. He's just an absolute weapon. He'll be running three events, 1,500, 5,000, and the marathon. He's got to be knackered. Yeah. <laughs> Wild unit. Um, but, uh, yeah, 5,000 is his pet event. But, um, yeah, he's also racing the 1,500 marathon. The thing I like about him is, I don't know if you know this, mate, but he broke the marathon record this year for his class. Mm-hmm. I think he's, I don't know what, they, it's like T13 or something like that. Um, but he broke, broke it this year by accident. So he was sent out as a pacemaker and just ended up winning and breaking the world record. <laughs> How easy is this? He's... <laughs> Surely he's going to smash it then if he, if he has a proper, proper go. Yeah, well, hopefully. We'll see. And with, with the vision-impaired runners, mm-hmm. how does that work? They, like, sort of get, like, tethered to a lead runner or something question. like I, that? I don't know. I haven't really watched a whole lot of it. To... I'm, I'm sure I heard during the week on the radio or something, somebody sort of saying they get almost, like, tethered to each other and they run in, like, perfect sync with each other yeah, to, right. okay. to not fall over. Yeah, okay. be interesting to see. There I'll be what, keeping an eye for that too. Anyway, uh, well, yeah, ran it and... Two minutes, two hours and nineteen seconds. That's it. that's his PB for the marathon. The um the fastest ever proper time is well. Put it this way, that's eleven minutes outside Kipchoge. Um, yeah, that's his name. Um, from Tokyo this year. True. Yeah. Wow. It's a pretty good effort. So, Fantastic. Um. Yeah, I don't know how they go about it, mate. But um. Yeah, I watched a whole lot of vision impaired running, but um. I'll, I'll watch more of it. I'll get you back to you. I'll yeah, let you know. We'll see how they do after it. We, uh, after we win a couple of golds there. Um, made a personal one for me, Blake Cochran. I grew up with him in Redcliffe. Actually played a couple of sports with him as well. Played cricket and soccer with him. And uh, he's going to be competing in his own event. I think it's his fourth or fifth Paralympics now. He's going to be competing in the 100-meter breaststroke in the SB7 division. That's going to be straight to a final next Wednesday. So best of luck to him. Um, but mate, I've been reading around a little bit and the prediction from a lot of people is that we're going to get 80 to a hundred medals. Wow. Geez. And 30 plus golds. <laughs> well, that's fair. <laughs> that's we're going to the Olympics, eh? Yeah, mate. Wild. I read somewhere that our best is in Sydney, 63 golds. That's unbelievable. Phenomenal effort. So good luck to the Paralympians over there. Really excited to see what you can do. Um, uh, but yeah, festivities started last night and then the event started today. So a big couple of weeks ahead for, um, all those athletes so we'll be tuning in and uh yeah obviously best of luck to everyone but uh jared clifford he's my tip mate he's he's the one uh, everyone will be talking about after the paralympics i reckon uh mate on to athletics and speaking of the olympics i guess uh we've started our first sort of diamond league event so if you don't know the diamond league um that's essentially like the nrl version of athletics so it's oh. over in europe and america and all that sort of stuff now i think 14 events a year or something like that um so the first one happened in eugene eugene in fucking ohio or something like that i thought eugene was a man no yeah <laughs> off the air. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
haven't seen Eugene. But um, yeah, wrapped it up this week, and we um, we saw an Aussie get on the podium. Pumped about this. So this is um, this was in America. It's called the Prefontaine Classic, um, and Pre was uh, a really good mate of um, Phil Knight, the Nike inventor. Nike. So there you go. That's yeah, Nike, Nike, the sh- Nike, the brand. Uh, Phil Knight created it, and uh, yeah, Prefontaine used to run with him. Oh, nice. Back in the day, yeah. But uh, do you reckon pre- they ever talked about like child labour laws and stuff on their back? Back in the sixties, mate. So, uh, yeah. Well, maybe normal. Yeah, yeah, all good. <laughs> Carry on. Um, but uh, I think he passed away when he was quite young as well, pre. Um, and he was one of the great American athletes back in those days uh, on the college circuit, and he was he was a weapon. But uh, anyway, so they do like one mile, two mile, and all these sorts of ones. So very Americanized. Um, for the Eugene Classic, but um, yeah, Aussie on the podium, Stu McSween uh, finished second in, in the one mile. I like that. That's a name to remember. Stewie. Yeah, I won't yeah. forget that in hurry. Um, but uh, yeah, good on him. Um, and then we had a couple of people from the Olympics from Tokyo really kick on as well. Ating Mo uh, won the 800 meter in a na- the women's 800 meters in a national record again. Okay, this is pretty impressive. This is a, it was the eighth fastest all time. Yeah, um, eight hundred meters. That is. So what? She's just beaten it at the Olympics and then gone again. Am I? No, she won. She broke a national record in the Olympic trials. Okay. And then she won in the Olympics, but yep. not a national record. And then she's broken it again. Nearly broke one fifty five. Um, but yeah, eighth fastest time of all time. Um, she's unbeaten since turning pro. Yeah, which is seven and zero now. She's unbeaten through seven meets, and um, she's only nineteen, mate. Wow. So she's going to be an absolute star. I'm really looking forward to her, seeing her kick on what she does in her career. Uh, we saw Andre de Grasse, who was probably the the big story out of men's athletics um, for for anyone that follows sprinting and that sort of stuff because really came into his own, won a few more medals, and he's up there one of the most distinguished men's sprinters of all time at the Olympics now with all the medals he's received over the last few, few Olympics. Uh, but he continued on his great form with the he won the 100 metres for the men's. Uh, was wind assisted by 2.9, but um, yeah, ran 974, which is flying. So mm-hmm. good on him. And then we saw Elaine Thompson Hera become the second fastest woman in history in the 100 metres, running at 10.54 to take out another win. And she is absolutely flying. She won't be stopped. She's got to be the GOAT. Come on, Aileen. Yeah, so um, good on her. That's athletics. On to the tennis, mate. Uh, special mention just first and foremost to, to Barty for winning another tournament in Cincinnati uh, which is a big lead up to the US Open will we be catching any of the US, US Open in a couple of weeks mate? Or? Yeah I think I saw that there was some qualifying rounds or something mm-hmm. starting today mm-hmm. or tomorrow mm-hmm. so yeah I will probably get around that maybe towards the end though we'll see who's in the final Barty's a chance mate what do you reckon? Well we tipped her at the Olympics and she let us down so <laughs> yeah. no I'm going Serena Williams this time <laughs> Um but uh, yeah, Barty, she's she's uh, flying at the moment. But the big talking point for mine, mate, uh, is Sitsipis. So I don't know if you saw this, but uh, there was a big blow up. Zverev played Sitsipis, and Zverev ended up winning the tournament. Um, but they played in um, in a game, and uh, yeah, interestingly enough, after the first set was up, Sitsipis took his whole bag. This is with his phone in it and everything, mm-hmm. um, and went and got changed. Apparently. Change, he needed to change his shorts, so right. he didn't want to change in front of the crowd. But it took 10 minutes. And someone suggested maybe, you know, maybe you got a bit of coaching once. Yeah, well, yeah, to... correct. Once, yeah. <laughs> um, 
Maybe there was a bit of coaching. Anyway, they panned straight to the coach and the whole time he's been texting. Oh, he's just telling, he's just asking what his missus what's for dinner. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, all of a sudden he came out and after 10 minutes and, and won the second set. Oh, he's turned around. And excuse my ignorance, in tennis, is your coach not allowed to, to do no, a coach? You're not allowed to coach. Oh, okay. Uh, you're not allowed to coach through. So you're not allowed to give, like, you can you go, come on, and all that sort of stuff, but you're not actually allowed to. To give, do this, do that. Yeah, do that. Yeah, yeah. Direction. You can't give direction. So I find that a bit, bit. Yeah, bit hard to swallow, but um, anyway. But uh, if no one can do it, then no one can do it, right? Yeah, even and if you that, are the Greek freak. Yeah. So um, yeah, it all seemed a bit sasse, and then they tried to do it after after he won the second set, and then the the chair umpire said no. This is like high school. Give me your phone. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. So um. Yeah, there's a big block from Zverev after it, and apparently it's not the first time he's done it. He's done it a fair few times. He's done it the last few tournaments where he's gone out, and apparently he's a big sweater. But I'm like, mm. aren't every fucking tennis player sweaters? Yeah. yeah like, you play one point, everyone's sweating. It's a summer sport, is it not? Yeah. <laughs> they play tournaments all around the world only in summer. So what do you... I imagine a fancy you would sweat. Yeah. Well, if I was... Uh... Sit surpass. So I'd be, yeah. I'd be uh, yeah, look, I'd be hitting up Telstra, Optus, anything like that to get some sponsorship going mm. on, you know, plug their <laughs> products. Uh, but uh, yeah, plenty of chat about that in the tennis world this week. Uh, mate, moving on to cricket. Let's talk about some cricket. Yeah, that the test match, hey, that was oh, outstanding. Mate, yeah, good. Another great advertisement for test match cricket. So for those of you listening, uh, West Indies go down in a thriller against Pakistan. But this is another test that's gone the length, basically, finished in the last session of the last day. Yeah, and it's only a two-match series too, which you'd, I'd love mm. to see a third one, eh, and, mm. and get this. Let's, let's just give this. them a third. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, why not? But What else are they doing? I don't know. What is it going <laughs> to quarantine? What, let's, get, let's get the boys back out there yeah. and let's have a third test. I thought... Um, was it Fawad Alam? Yep. With the 100, they were three for two. Yeah. And he's... And you see the story about him, mate. So he spent something like seven, eight years or something like that on the sidelines, basically. Um, just couldn't get, a, couldn't get a start. And then now he's got recalled and he scored four hundreds in the last 12 months or something like that, test level. And that's got to be one of the better knocks that we've seen recently to come in mm. at three for two. You're in huge yep. trouble. You're already one nil down in the series. Correct. And he's pretty much just... Produce that. <laughs> Follow me. And then Shaheen Afridi as well, young fella. He's only 22 or something like that. And uh, come out in Tenfa yeah. in the match, which is uh, which is also awesome to see. So, mate, just again, I'll just reiterate that point that we spoke about last time we spoke, spoke about the test cricket is, again, I think only one team, or maybe Pakistan didn't, maybe they did score 300. I think, yeah, I think they might have just, I think they've actually scored 300 on the nose. Just yeah, yeah. It. So I'm like, one team scores 300 and it's still a phenomenal match. Yeah. You know, you don't have to go and score 500, 600 runs each innings to make it a good match. Like, you don't have to go out there and score heaps of runs. We just want a good battle between bat and ball. Yeah. Um, that's all we're asking for. And, and it's proven to that. I think the last, you know, four or five test matches that we've seen um, haven't been supremely high scoring, but they've just been good battles between bat and ball. You never know who's going to be on top. And they've lasted distance. Yeah. That's what we want to see. But they lost a day's play with the rain, but mm. I thought it was really good good cricket by Pakistan, the two declarations that they made, yep. you know, to, to push for the, the game. Yeah, so well done to the skipper, mm. whoever that is these days. Yeah, correct. Well, it's, you know, they only set, would they set 200 and... 
something, 290 or something like that, 280 or something, I think they set West Indies to win, which is not a massive yeah. total, you know, but yeah, 100% good on them. And they gave him like 120 overs or something like that. He did it in two. They brave. gave him a bit of time and, um, mate, it was awesome to see. So another one for Test Cricket, but away for I oh, actually, no, I will mention for those of you that do want to tune in to some awesome Test Cricket, England versus India kicks off tonight. So we're pretty excited to see that. Um, third Test. England looking to hit back. They're 1-0 down in the series. They definitely need to, especially on home soil. They made a couple of changes. Uh, David Milan, David Milan, whatever you want to call T20 guy, isn't he? Yeah, mm-hmm. he's, um, he's been called back in. He did play, do you remember, I think it was a 16-17 series maybe he played, or maybe it was 18-19. Anyway, the one where Lyon got this mad run out of the Gabba, day one, one-handed pick-up from Carver Bourne. Um, he played in that, or he came out in that tour, I think. Guys like Vince, Stoneman... Milan, a couple other guys. So mm-hmm. he has played Test cricket before, but yeah, um, yeah he's obviously been in the T Twenty setup for a while. And, you know, I think he's one of the best T Twenty batsmen yeah. in the world as well at the moment. So deserve call up. So interested to see how he goes. But again, more problems in England's batsmen. Joe Root's the only one standing up. I think. Um, did I mention this last time? He's scored over a thousand runs the last twelve months. No one else has scored over four hundred. So um, they're in big strife, England. They, uh, they need to get that right before the Ashes, obviously, this year. Um, but on to T20 stuff. Um, mate, I, do, I, I want to talk about a couple of minnows in a second, but uh, first things first, Zimbabwe and Ireland, they start a, a T20 series uh, this Friday, so make sure you are tuning to, to look at that. But the minnows, this is awesome. I, did, I, I had to go and do a bit of research to find this, mate, but in August, there's actually been heaps of cricket happening from com- countries I didn't even know played cricket and have cricket grounds have actually played in these places. So here's what we've had in the month of August for cricket. Germany, Norway, and France played in a T20 tri-series in early August in Germany, uh, with Germany taking out the final against Norway. Wow. That's good stuff, yeah. Denmark also wrapped up a three-match T20 series against Sweden on the 15th, and Denmark won that 2-1. We've also seen Ghana... Uh, knocked off, uh, knock off Rwanda on Sunday to win their five-game T20 series, 3-2. Um, we then moved to Malta, Gibraltar, and Portugal. Well, wow. Yeah, they've just finished a T20 series as well, uh, with Portugal being undefeated through that, through the four games. That They've got everything, eh? Go Portugal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not sure how good Malta and Gibraltar are. <laughs> yeah. Um, but well, uh, Portugal. I know Malta was a place, but um... <laughs> Gibraltar. Don't, don't know Gibraltar. Where's okay. that? Uh, some island somewhere. Mate. <laughs> good on them. Um, and then uh, Finland and Sweden just finished a best of four T Twenty series, and that was locked together at two all. Why not have another? Let's get yeah, another one of they, those. Yeah. Why do they schedule two? Oh, no. four? Yeah, I don't get that. That's eh? um, but how good is that? Yeah, that is good. Maybe we'll see France or Germany pop up in a T Twenty World Cup one day. I tell you what, though. That got me really excited for a chance at the Olympics, cricket in the Olympics. Yeah, that's all these countries are playing. They're playing like T20 series and stuff like that. Like, that's awesome. They're probably shit, but it doesn't matter, does it? So I would love to flog them at the Olympics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Did you play cricket at school? Not very well. Yeah. I don't know if you played in this side, mate. Were you in um, the side where Rossiter blew up me and Mitchie Breed for Skylarking around? No. Oh, anyway, we played this game and we played Bray Park. Here's a good story for everyone, how good we were. Um, we uh, played Bray Park and I think we bowled them out for about 20 in uh, 
in, in this match. Did and you get amongst the wickets? I'm pretty sure I did, yeah. yeah, yeah. Can't remember too much. But I opened the batting as well. Selfish decision. Yep. And uh, we come out and <laughs> got their runs in 1.5 overs. <laughs> nice. And then we're like, okay, so sweet, what's next? And Russell was like, oh, well, the bus is, is like an arrow <laughs> away. Yeah. Keep, keep batting, boys. So it's, yeah, we just played another game. <laughs> yeah, this is Frog them again. Anyway, that's, I imagine that's probably what it's going to be like if um, Australia rocks up, Paddy Cummins rocks up, and um, yeah, Germany has to line up against them, or Malta. <laughs> I, reckon, I reckon there's a bit of merit in under-23s, maybe one or two overage for, for the big dogs, yep. and then let's let Germany and Portugal bring out Just some. bring people, yeah. <laughs> someone, anyone. Yeah. Maybe Ty can play for Norway again. Yeah, you never know, mate. Maybe we could get a run. Sure, I'm sure there's some heritage somewhere along the lines, back dating back. I don't know how far, but or we can just get a Maltese passport or something like that. What do you reckon, mate? Yeah, let's get it done. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, that's awesome to see. I was really excited when I saw that. Um, swipe the minnows. Beyond to the NRL. Uh, all right, Gumby, what have you got for us, mate? Big wrap of uh, of last weekend's games. Saw some interesting results. Um, yeah, how'd we go in the NRL last week, mate? It was a good. Good weekend of footy. I think it all kicked off with Melbourne equaling the the Roosters record, yep. the nineteen seventy five Roosters. So yep. nineteen in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, Interesting game, mate. You you were, that was your bold prediction for the week. Yeah, Titans win and started off strong. Yeah, at half time it looked like they were a sniff. Jaden was Kemp. it sixteen nil or something, or was it twelve nil and then sixteen four or something like that? I think it was twelve nil at half time. Yeah. yeah, and. Um, yeah, Jaden Campbell played well. A couple of mm. tries for the young fella. The mm-hmm. double, like his old man's first double, yep. was against Melbourne. And so yeah, right. Is. Okay, you know that. And they just locked him up as well for another couple of years. That's I saw. a good move. I think I saw next year they're talking about... Rimo going to go to six. And then, um, yeah, I'd say he'd probably partner maybe Sexton. Yep. Um, or Fogarty. Either one. Depends. Um, shame on Fogarty. Surely he finds another NRL club somewhere. Yeah, he's, it's weird how it's he's found himself out of favour. Yeah. Like, he doesn't seem to... For Ash out. Taylor and then now Tyrone Peachy. That, yeah. Sexton's out, though, at the moment, isn't he? I think. Anyway, I don't know. I, I don't follow too much of the Titans, but, um, yes, yeah, surely he, he has a look elsewhere. Fogarty, he'll get some... Like, realistically, there's a couple of clubs that probably could use him. Yeah, he's a very good player. Tigers, Raiders... You know, there's a few teams out there, isn't there? Yeah, he's a bit in the Cody Walker mould, eh? Come mm. on a bit later in his career. But, mm. um, yeah, as I said, equaling that record. And, you know, the 1975 Roosters, they won that one 38-0. And um, picking Melbourne to do something similar this year in the grand final when we get around to it, eh? Okay. Uh, Friday night, we had Manly beat the Raiders by one point. The, um, Manly were in trouble in that one. Canberra started really well. Um, without Turbo, it looked like Manly... Going back to doing what they were doing at the start of the year, but at mm. the end, Foran and Cherry Evans got them over the line. Yep. Uh, that was the first game on Friday at Suncorp. The second one was the game of the round, the Panthers and the Rabbitohs. Did you see much yep. of that? I did actually, mate. I was watching a bit. I thought um, Panthers got all the favours from what I saw. The penalty count was... Um, 11-2 or something. But yeah. um, I don't know. Just It just... Everything 50-50 seemed to go their way. Yeah. The bounce of the ball and Cleary was good. Cleary was brilliant. His kicking game was unreal. We just... Yeah. Poor old man Saw's going to have PTSD. Yeah. From that, isn't he? Did his knee. How do you kick so good that you do someone's knee? <laughs> yeah, he was um, Yeah, he was outstanding, Cleary. And I thought, was it first week back last week? And mm. he was maybe a little bit underwhelming, yep. but he's back in form. And just on Nathan Cleary. So Penrith have lost 
two or three games this year. I think it's three games they've lost. Cleary wasn't there for any of them. Mm. He was out game three. Origin and, and New South Wales won the first two with him there, and then as soon as he's out, they lose. Penrith were on that, and remember as well, Penrith were on that crazy run into the grand final last year against yep. Melbourne. I think they'd mm. won 17 in a row. So Nathan yep. Cleary has literally lost one game of footy, a grand final, in mm. like two years. Yeah. He's uh, the influence he has. Four for the Panthers. For, yeah, well, oh, even no, though he, he didn't play in the, the losing. Origin last year? He didn't play? Yeah, oh, he, he might have played, played, but yeah, so, played. so we're going back to June or July last year. No, they, remember they played it after oh, the season. Sorry, sorry they did. They did. <laughs> you're right. But, it's been <laughs> but you're right, yeah. So there's a lot of games without yeah. losing. Yeah, that, that, that's a good point. <laughs> even, even in club land, you know, it's, it's been a long time since he's yeah. um, lost a game. That was interesting. You know, we talked about this the last couple of weeks, didn't we, where we're not sure on the Rabbitohs and where they're sitting at the moment. And we feel like they're probably bullies a little bit mm-hmm. where they get their own way and they, they run away with it. And they obviously didn't get their own way against the Panthers on Friday night. They were 12-0 up, though, after yeah. 20 minutes, and they looked good. They looked strong, and then, I don't know, Panthers found their way back into it, and Rabbitohs just seemed to not be able to go the extra gear, um, especially in attack, which is surprising because they've put so many points on this year. They just couldn't get there in the end. So what um, do you reckon is a fix for that? What, what do you reckon happened there? Well, I don't know, man. I actually think South will take a lot out of it, to be honest. Mm. Obviously, they led... For a bit, and it was, um, as you said, they've been piling on the points. I don't think they would have expected to really pile it on against Penrith this mm. weekend, but I think South will take a lot out of that. If the penalty count was more even, they may, you know, may win that game. So mm. I wouldn't be too disheartened if I was a rabbit. And the other thing is, it was so close, you know, the, the scoreline doesn't really tell the story, does it? Because Coruscant scored in the 79th minute, um, and there was a field goal in the 74th minute. So for so much of it, it was so tight, you know, it was 12 0, but then. Um, at, at half times twelve ten, yeah, and then you know, and we saw that through. You know, there was twenty five minutes between the next points. Um, oh no, sorry, there's two penalty goals. So, you know, we saw two penalty goals in the next twenty five minutes. It was such a close battle that you know, I I wouldn't be too disheartened if I was a Rabbitohs fan looking at that goal twenty five twelve. We got beaten pretty well, but not really if you think about it. You know, and well, it was eighteen twelve with with five minutes to go, you yep. know. So that probably doesn't tell the true story behind the game. But, yeah, obviously Panthers ran away with a little bit. And, you know, Rabbitohs obviously have discipline to blame a little bit. And, you know, one of their problems over the years, not this year, they've been really good this year. Um, I think Bennett was speaking about they're the best penalised team in the comp, their best four penalties conceded in the comp, number one. Um, and that's not most penalties, but least penalties conceded. And then, yeah, obviously give away 11. There was a couple of disciplinary ones, but I just found, yeah, like I said, the Panthers has got a couple of 50-50s their way. Um, so you're right, I don't think the Rabbitohs are too far. I think they'll learn a bit from it. It was obviously their first good test in a yeah. while as well. Um, and for a lot of the game, like they led early, they did themselves proud. I thought South, so I'm, I'll, yeah, it would definitely be, I'd take a lot out of that if I supported South. Obviously take a bit more out of it if you're Penrith mm. with Cleary back. And um, I had a lot of strike on the bench too, kick out and Pango, but yeah. That was a good game, game of the round for me. Uh, what else we got? Saturday. Saturday we had West Tigers their season. Yeah, done. Done. Wasn't that horrific? Yeah, conceding 50 points like that when your season's on the line. Mm. It's not what you want, but... Pretty awful. Cronulla, if they can sneak into the eight, you never know. They might get a win because I thought Metcalf was outstanding. Mm. Will Kennedy and the, the Cabo Snake, the local boy uh, Trindle at halfback. That, mm. Not not household names, but they all played really well, and yeah. they look like that combination 
with Braley as well could could be something. To I've look always out for. yeah, I've always had the sharks, but I like a couple, a couple of those kids. Eh, Kennedy, I, I really like watching play. Trindle's handy. Ronaldo's becoming quickly my favourite player in the comp. Big fan of Ronaldo. Scored a double on the weekend. Played you know broken jaw unfortunately. Could have had three too. He just but how, yeah that was awesome wasn't it? What a guy. Like he, yeah what a legend. And then you see he seemed like he whooped it up more than Metcalf as well. Like he was that pumped for his mate to score. And then, uh, yeah, the story after, did you catch that as well? No. Walt, waltzed around the crowd with a broken jaw at the end of the game and gave his boots away and oh, talking yeah. to a couple of fans. and It's good, mate. You don't have to do that, with it, especially with a broken jaw. Yeah. But, um, You're probably entitled to go and yeah. see Dr. A, but... <laughs> yeah, go yeah. lie down. And, mate, he's a legend. I'm a big fan of Ronaldo. Good name, too. Yeah, it's an outstanding name. One of my <laughs> favourites. Uh, but they give themselves a chance now, the Sharks, don't they? Yeah, and I think they did they move up to eight now, push the Titans down to ninth because of four and against. You might be right there. Let's check that. It obviously, it obviously helps. Um, yeah, they are they put sitting fifty points squad. on. So it's just on four and against now. So it's um, yeah, and they've got the Broncos this week as well, which they can win. Um, you know, so it's going to be interesting sort of end to the year. Yep, but yep, that's Sharks and Tigers. What else do we have, mate? Uh, well, on Saturday we had another team sort of around that eight spot. Newcastle get the job done mm. just over Canterbury. Um, Boring old Newcastle. Yeah, and I think you Did mentioned... Did you catch much of it? I didn't watch any of this one. Yeah, this, yeah, this is not... It's boring. Yeah. Well, I can't see them doing much. I think they've got... They're going to scrape into eighth spot with one of the worst yeah. like, records yeah. of any team that's ever made the eight. Yeah, so I don't, I don't think they're going to do much. Um... I don't know if you saw, mate, but there's big talk that um, Super League is the front runners to get Mitchy Pearce. Your mate. What, well, to Catalans, wasn't it? To replace yeah, Jimmy Mullaney? Yeah. I know I really like Mitchell Pearce. Hey? I'm probably not right. the man to ask, but I think, <laughs> he's still, I think he's still got quite a bit to offer. Um, what else we have? Saturday we had uh, Parramatta getting back amongst Bounce the winners. Back, yep. And another one of my favourite halfbacks played really yeah, well there, Mitch yep. Moses. He was probably man of the match in that one. Cowboys are shit, though, aren't they? Yeah, a bit of flat track bully, but you've got a false economy there. Yeah, but if you haven't had a win for a while, you, you'll cop it. Got to get it done. And that brings us to Sunday, where we yeah. saw. Sorry to bring this up, man. No, mate, you boys, can bring it up. My boys uh, did have a good win against the Dragons. Daniel Tupo with a hat trick. Sam Walker coming off the bench. For me, he's definitely rookie of the year this year. I know Walsh has done a lot, but Walker's won games on his own, which is something mm. that I think Walsh probably mm-hmm. hasn't done. Um, but yeah, the Roosters. It's hard to, to tip them to do too much with all the injuries, but they just keep on keeping on, and it's full credit to Robbo and the job he's doing. I saw this week, you guys literally have a 1-13 to 13 of players that are either retired or out injured right now. And like, that, a, like a 1-13 squad, that's a good quality squad. I think I saw that get shared today. Yeah, they would probably make the top four. There's <laughs> yeah. some blokes that are missing Unreal, out. isn't it? They'd probably beat the guys that we can put yeah. out there, to be honest. Yeah, correct. Well, you're going to thank me, though, for that, because um, I, was, I was the luck for you on the weekend. You know, yeah. I, I know I text you, talked to you about it, and I watched probably 45 minutes of that match. Um, I did not see a single Dragons point if they were scored four tries. And I saw, how many tries did the Roosters score? At least half a dozen. I'm, I'm pretty sure I saw... Eight? Yeah, I didn't see the last two tries, but I saw every, I saw 28 points from the Roosters to zero from the Dragons. <laughs> every time I switched, I, the Daniel, the first Daniel Trupo try, I literally switched on for that play because I was busy and I was yep. anyway. So when I could, I had the opportunity to switch it on. I literally watched one player. I switched on just as he kicked it, and then they scored, and I was like, oh fuck, not again. 
switch on five minutes later. Yep, they're in again. I just couldn't believe it. Don't watch any of the Dragons next no, week, yeah. mate. Maybe they'll get a win for you. <laughs> yeah, correct. <laughs> And uh, what did we finish the get the round with the uh, the Broncos getting it done over the Warriors? Brisbane, um, you know, good win by them. Milford played really played well. Unreal, didn't he? With no pressure on him because he's got a contract Maybe next year, and Brisbane are gone. So that's the key. Yeah, make it's it push pressure on him. Yeah, but he's not going to get to do that all the time, is he? He's got to deliver. In the, the thing is, is there's a difference between having to deliver as a as in the number one half. <laughs> And having to deliver as a second option half who can float in and out of games when he chooses to. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if you watch all these highlights from Canberra, he made, he made it look so easy to play rugby league. I'm not going to liken him to Darren Lockyer, but when I watched Darren Lockyer, every single time I watched him play, I thought, fuck, this bloke has so much time on his hands. He mm. just has more time than everyone else to play the ball. And it seemed like Milford had that at Canberra. He just looked silky and he just had more time than everyone else. So give him time, give him space, get him out the back. Don't have him first receiver. Have him roam and have play a different role. Just because he's got a six or seven on his back doesn't mean he has to be the chief. Yeah, you know. And but, well, I think the thing though is when you're paying a player a million dollars like Brisbane were with Milford, you kind of do need that from them. You're right though, but put it this way: let's say Tommy Turbo, yeah, yeah, obviously on a million dollars a year, mm-hmm. um, pretty good impact. If he could give you. The same amount of impact that he does in his 80 minutes that he does in 60 minutes or that he does at centre rather than at fullback. doesn't matter where he plays. doesn't matter how many minutes he plays. doesn't matter about any of that if no. he's winning your games. And that, that, no, it doesn't. That's like we were talking about the other week with Fafita, right? Mm. It doesn't matter if he comes off the bench as long as he wins games. But um, Milford run on the game. Although I'll tell you what, Henry, Henry Perinara tried his hardest to get his old boys, the Warriors, a win, didn't he? You see that last one? Last try? Fresh you and Aitken's try? Was it a double movement? No, was it? it was a kick in behind. Mm-hmm. And uh, Xavier Coates grounded it and they called it a try to Aitken. Oh, yeah, I do remember what that. You could see that was a howler. Yeah, that was shocking. But it, was it simultaneous? Probably not. I no, think his hands weren't on that though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, Walsh had a shocker with the boot. Didn't and he? Aitken's reaction was exactly the same as my reaction about five weeks ago. When we were down thirty-two to twenty-four, and we needed a try with three minutes to go, and I scored in the corner, but I didn't score. I didn't get it down. And I just whooped it up straight away. I was like, "Yeah, claimed yep. it," and then I give it because and that eight can look like he was just, just give me one. Yeah, just, <laughs> yeah. the, the bigger I just claim it. it. Looks like yeah, he yeah. just he's gone up. Yeah, everyone, including the slips, Gordon has gone up, and uh, no DRS though. Yeah, yeah, all good. Well, I'm but lucky. anyway, um, Walsh. But, I thought the the story out of that for me was even though he didn't, inversions. yeah, even though he didn't win the game for them, he did try Reese Walsh when the game was on the line. He got the ball in his hands, and that's a good sign. I like that. Yeah, correct. And a lot of people bagged him, and I saw a couple of things by rugby league pages. I don't know who it has been, maybe NRL roast or something like that. Have come out and said exactly what you just said. In the end, you don't want a player that we well, can't. Michael Jordan, that famous Michael Jordan quote where he's talking about, you know, I've missed X amount of shots and all that sort of stuff. You don't want a player to win you every single game. That's physically impossible. Mm. And if they win you every game, what that means is they're floating in and out of big moments and you're choosing easy moments to win you one, you know. He stepped up. Like, trust me, I've taken conversions with the game on the line. They're pretty tough. You get some, you miss some. Mm. And it's pressure. It is what it is. But as an 18-year-old kid to go, yep, fucking give me the ball. Yeah. 
That's earning, yeah. You know, that's that's what you, you can't you can't teach that in kids. You can teach them how to kick under pressure, but you can't teach them to be willing enough to put their hand up and go, yep, give me a crack. I know there's a lot on the line here. You know, their season was on the line. Yeah. And he still wanted it. So, you know, I think that shows way more than any than anything else he's done so far in his NRL career. Yeah, no, I agree. I thought it was really, really good to see Reese have a crack, you know, even though he couldn't get it done. You just want to see the young blokes mm. do what they can, and he did that. Yeah, correct. So, mate, heats up towards the back end of the year. A um, couple of interesting talking points from this week, though. I think number one from all people is Curtis Scott and what's the, the just everything that's happening with that saga. Mm. Um, have you seen much of it, mate? Caught a bit of the news, yeah, and um, I guess the main thing that grabs my attention, the story's come out about him and Bateman yeah. having a bit of fisticuffs Fist, yeah. last year, but that's obviously been leaked from yeah. within the four walls, which is disappointing if it happened 12 months ago. Oh, correct. It's not the first time that something's happened with cameras, you know, leaking stuff, is it? Yeah. And Buzz came out today and said, no, nah, that's not what I got it from. I'm like, come on, mate. You know, Curtis Scott's mate wouldn't tell you. <laughs> you know, yeah. like... Fair go. And he reckons it's from the Curtis Scott camp. I'm like, fucking who would tell you, mate? Um, it's got, like, surely it has to be from in Canberra. And that's, again, more leaks that have come out. And, you know, we saw that, you know, there was a bit of stuff come out about Georgie Williams. Yep. And then there was last year about Bateman and all these different stuff. And there was all these things that come out before they should have really come out. And, yeah, in fairness, though, Curtis Scott needs to sort his life out. Yeah, it seems to be a common theme, eh, of getting Just drunk and man. doing stupid things, which... And but but you know what? All all props to him. Like at the end of the day, he's gone out and he's he's trying hard because he's been to AA meetings. Um, he's spoken about that now as well. He's been off the off the drink for however long he's been at AA meetings and all that sort of stuff. So he's obviously trying. He's doing as much as he possibly can. Um, whether he gets another contract in the NRL or not it remains to be seen. Um, my big talking point with Curtis Scott is it's just another ex Melbourne Storm player that. Once you get out of that system, hey, yeah, mm. goes the other way. How you wouldn't be able to name a top five in the last twenty years that have finished up at Melbourne, gone elsewhere, that have done anything. Cooper Cronk, different story. Yeah. though. Cooper's Cooper yeah. also went to another fucking good system. Yeah. Um, Tohu Harris hasn't won the comps, but fuck me, I'd choose him in my team any day of the week. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Tohu Harris. Just the way he goes about his business. Um, he's a great bloke. Never has trouble, you know, away from from cameras. Um, family man tries his guts out week in week out. He's he's brilliant. I can, I've got two. Yeah, got anything to add to that list, mate? Nah, mate. I might need to come back next week because I reckon it's going to take me a week to think of one. Hey, yeah. I've got nothing for you. Because I mean, you can't really claim a few of them, you know. You got. But then ask me if a player's improved going to Melbourne because I reckon I could I could give yeah. you two dozen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Every everyone. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. Every gone there, mate. It's it's so intriguing to see again. You know, someone fall off off the wagon at after being in such a successful system, and you know they don't get rid of blokes very easily, and much like your chooks and. You know, they don't get them wrong often, it seems. Yeah, though. correct, mate. And obviously, the, the it's different. Finucane and, and Hines are, are different. You know, Hines, you know, probably won't get a starting spot at the Storm. So he's gone chasing that. Um, going to get better money. Fair enough. And the Storm's like, we wanted you. But at the end of the day, like, you've got to choose what's best for you. It's going to happen that way with us, Smith and Grant. What someone's going to give. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. One, one player's going to go. They're not going to be happy at that happy, I don't think. You know, if they win a premiership this year, fantastic, great. But, you know, 
both of them want to play for more money and you know play you know go for records and all that sort of stuff and, and do as much as they can in their football career. Um, same with Finucan, like at the end of the day, they just couldn't offer what he was going to get elsewhere. Yeah. And he's near the end of his career. He's done everything he possibly could. Played Origin now. Been a good servant. Good on you, mate. Yeah, fair enough. You've gone and got it. But, um, you know, guys like Curtis Scott, um, there's a couple of other footballers now being essentially, you know, Melbourne said, sorry, mate, we don't want you anymore. And, you know, looks look what's happened. Yeah. And even like Finucan and Hines, you know, who are still in the air. How are they going to go? We don't know yet, yeah, do we? Correct. So yeah, could be Could be a failure. Sharks are playing good footy though. I, you know, I think the Sharks will should be a good solid top eight side next year. Mm-hmm. I think with um, a couple of young guys, new coach, um, new coach. We'll see how that works. Um, it comes from a good system, you know. If it's easy, right. I think Cronulla over the years though they've been like they're it's in their DNA. They play rough and tumble mm. sort of footy. They're mm. really in your face and aggressive. That's how they win games. Like for a while, they're the only team that seemed to be able to beat Melbourne. It's like they were there yeah. tonight and it's yep. when they had Gallon and played that really aggressive mm. physical style of footy. So I hope they don't go away from that next yep. year on the Fitzgibbon. I hope they do because I think that's that's Sharks footy. Hey? Just yeah, correct. Bash them up. Bash them up. Um, yeah, so let's go to Scott. Georgie Burgess, don't know if you caught this, mate. We got released today that he's been in a traffic something. Sounds like road rage. Mm-hmm. Anyway. I wouldn't want to have... Uh, <laughs> I would, if I cut George off... Uh, or if George, if George cut me off, I'd apologise to him. Yeah, there's still a police investigation into it, so I don't want to speak too much about it. But um, anyway, just another drama add to the list. Um, for me, mate, probably one of the biggest uh, bits of news this week has been Lussick. Freddie Lussick has yeah. been uh, given to the Dragons on loan. Surely the Roosters can't afford to give out players, can they? <laughs> Yeah, we've got about sixteen fit players, don't they? Yeah, it's, that is interesting. <laughs> hey, yeah, who's the dummy up? Verils, though. I guess they've probably got dummy hearts. They got Verils. They got Liam, mm. and they, we've got Josh Maguire. Yeah, and, <laughs> so, and with no reserve grade, I think you probably yeah. just want to get some yeah, some runs in them. the boys. Yeah, so uh, I'm pumped about that. I, I like him. He's a good kid. You know, play some good footy. So um, he's on the move for the back end of the year. Um, but. Uh, Mate, I think we, we touched on it a little bit earlier, but Fafida, David Fafida went missing again. No coincidence, last two weeks had played the Rabbits and, and the Storm, yeah. and he's run for 130 metres in total for those two weeks. 132, I think, exactly, in two weeks. Yeah. Done nothing when he's needed to do something. Especially like on the weekend when they were up 12-0 mm. and, you know, that's when you, <laughs> you mm. can win those games from that position and you want your good players getting you across the line and, yeah. Dave, just not justifying that price tag, is he? No, no, mate. And it blows my mind how he gets more than someone like Tino. Yeah. You know, they would have been better off just, they would have been better off chasing someone like Finucane. But, you know, culture-wise, he just fits into what the Titans have been doing for last, ever since their inception. Yeah. You know, they've just been good when they're good and bad when they're bad. And he needs he needs to start doing something when they need him. Because otherwise he's going to be another Ash Taylor, and you know when his contract runs out, he's going to be Super League or two hundred grand a year, and that's it. And he's so damaging, he's so good. He needs to do more of it. Yeah, we, and against the good sides. Yeah, it's an interesting one with Dave Fafita. He's definitely he's he's got some good numbers when you look at the stats, but I think it's yeah the impact that he has, and and just not being a flat track bully. There's no point scoring mm. two tries against 
Brisbane, yeah, and then going missing against the Premiers. Exactly. Yep. Um, moving on, mate. Another thing that I'm critical of the NRL at the moment is they're still looking to push ahead with expansion. Stop it. I'm not. I don't. I just. I'm critical because it. it no. Nah, it's. What do you mean? They're not ready. <laughs> well, yeah, we ready or ready. <laughs> yeah, right, I know. I know. You know, but the thing is, Redcliffe Q Cup could probably beat half the fucking NRL teams at the moment. Like, mm. they, oh, I just. I don't. I think this is a push because they need more money. I think NRL really wants more money right now because they're struggling. Yeah, and they want more headlines. And they, I just think this is. It looks to me the same as Israel Folau signing with GWS Giants and looking that that's going to fix a problem. Yeah. yeah, I don't. They've got more problems than putting another team in. I don't think that's going to solve. I think it's going to create more issues. I don't get it. And they, so the bids are in this week or next week or something like that. Um, I think they're all meeting for something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For 2023. Yeah. Look, I'm not going to be critical of it because I'm, I'm really on the bandwagon. <laughs> I really want to see Redcliffe get in there. Um, so would I. If it's if it's the Ipswich team or the Firehawks, then no. Oh, yeah. Then no. Nah, <laughs> yeah, if it's going to be Redcliffe, um, yeah, got to get him in there. Hey, they're... Yeah. We grew up there, mate. You know, the boys. I know, I know hear what you're saying, like... Especially, you know, COVID times and things, it's a bit risky, but you've got a team literally have won two games all year and then you're going to go, oh, let's throw another one in. Yeah, I mean... One, two teams have conceded nearly 700 points in 20 matches. That's 30-something points a game. Yeah, but I mean, what do you think, if you put another team in, do you think that like the worst are going to get any worse? I don't, I don't know that it's... Probably. Yeah? What, from <laughs> what the talent... The talent might get shared out a bit more evenly. Melbourne might lose a couple of players. Munster might come and I don't know. But they probably won't, will they? <laughs> <laughs> How many, like, look at Crichton. Crichton's just re-signed for the Roosters, has he not? I think he has. heard that, but he may... Anyway, there's been talks or something like that. If he re-signs with the Roosters, he'll be on less than he could get elsewhere. Less than he could get the Wallabies. Less than he could get at nearly every other NRL club. Why? Because he wants to win another comp. Exactly. Because he's a Rooster. At the moment, unless you're 18 to 21 and you want to get a start somewhere, you're not going to sign for anywhere but Storm, Panthers, Rabbits, Roosters, or the Seagulls, maybe the Eels. Yeah. Maybe the Sharks. Maybe you go, oh, yeah, Sharks are coming good. But again... Players have gone there, Finucane, he's gone his 30 or something like that, and yep. he just wants one last good contract. And, up. You know, uh, Hines can't get a start elsewhere, so it's time for him to get a start. So he's he's trying to get a spot, yep. you know. Um, and there, whereas all the good players are looking to go to good clubs. Redcliffe are going to be a good club. They're going to get everyone, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I want to believe that, yes. <laughs> but I don't know, I just... It doesn't make sense to me. I don't think they're winning viewers at the moment either. Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure, mate. But I mean, I just think. Yeah, look, it's just I could. <laughs> I could never say don't put Red Cliff in. I just <laughs> yeah. couldn't that. Greg, eh? but at the end of the day, if if it was if it was out of Ipswich, yeah. if it was out of Ipswich and and the five fucking Hawks or whatever they're called, yeah. If it's out of those two clubs, would you be excited for an expansion? No, if if they no, I'd probably say let's let's wait a few years. So really, it's just Redcliffe that you're excited for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, the boys. That's my point. <laughs> That's the <laughs> problem with it, right? Um, but uh, on to this week's games, mate. What have we got? Um, this week, what are we kicking off on Thursday night? The Knights and the Titans. That'll be a good game. It's Both, a big game, yeah. Yeah, huge. Probably a bit more to play for for the Gold Coast. You watch Rafita rock up this week. Oh, it's a big game. Let's see if he does. Yeah. Well, it's against weak opposition. Yeah, that's fair. And yeah. 
But no, I think that'll be a, that'll be a close game. I'm going to tip the, the Titans to get it done in that one. What do you reckon? Gold Coast on the back of a Fafita masterclass? I don't know, mate. Knights are boring, but they're good, solid defensive side at the moment. So, I don't know. It's going to be a good game. Yeah. Toss of the coin, really. What's the odds? What have you got for it's me? fairly even, mate. Dollar ninety-five, dollar eighty-five. That'll probably end up being a dollar ninety, dollar ninety at jump. Flip a coin. Mm. It's a tough one. Then what else we got? Warriors and the the Raiders, two teams that I guess they probably both got a sniff. Actually, both of them don't they? I think they're both two points outside the eight. Yeah. So and the Raiders are playing good footy at the moment as well. They're not far away, are they? You know, they've taken Storm to the limit. They um they just got pipped by Manly last week, and I don't know that Turbo was out, but. Manly's got a pretty freaking good side, you know, at the end of the day, even without turbos. So, um, yeah, they're playing some good footy at the moment. And Warriors are, might be coming to the end of a long season. Yeah, and they've, they've dug deep, the Warriors, but you couldn't mm. blame them if they sort of ran out of legs in this last two weeks, could you? Mm. Friday night, we've got a big one. Yeah. The oldest rivalry. The Roosters and the Rabbitohs, that's one. Uh, Roosters, $4. Yeah, I'm, it's probably fair, you know, when you look at the team list, we've got a lot out. But How often you, would you get $4 for the Roosters, though? Yeah. <laughs> still the Roosters at the end of the day. Yeah, that's it. You know, they're still going to show up and try hard, but we caught that flogging from South mm. earlier in the year, too. Mm. So, But it's good for the people of Brisbane, you know, if you, you probably won't get a chance to see this rivalry again. So if you're able to get to the game, definitely do so. Bennett's boys will want to be bouncing back as well this week. Yeah, for sure. Bennett's boys on the bounce back. Yeah. Four Bs. <laughs> the old fox he does know how to uh, motivate a team so I'm sure they'll they'll show up um, what else we got Saturday your worst boys? game of the round yeah and <laughs> Dragon with Cowboys that's awful yeah Rockhampton so I, Rockhampton have been crying out for games and they, they get this rubbish they get anyway rubbish, yeah. Sharks and the Broncos um, you Bronx know have been playing good the last few weeks haven't they yeah I'm going to probably say I reckon the Brisbane will, will win this one yeah okay after last week I think Brisbane are going to win a couple of games towards the end of the season they weren't obviously real convincing against Warriors but getting the wins just going to hopefully get them mm-hmm. on, a, on a bit of a bounce mm-hmm. and I'm backing them to win their last two mm-hmm. games eh? this next one's going to be interesting mate yeah Storm should get it done playing Parramatta and if they do they're going to break that record of mm-hmm. uh, the Mighty Roosters but and then they'll rest everyone next the week after yeah you know para, they're not going to be lacking any motivation obviously they are uh, Bit of a history there, Parra and Melbourne. I'm sure Brad Arthur will remind the players of that in the week. But, mm. yeah, hard to see Parra really being competitive. You get $9 for Parramatta if you do like like them, but I'm not sure that anyone does. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> then on Sunday, we've got two games down at Redcliffe. Uh, the next NRL team, they're, they're going to be in there. Manly are taking on the dogs. That'll be pretty much right. And the other one... Do they, re- do they rest Tom again? I know he's been named, but do they rest him against the... Do you say he hasn't been named? He has been oh, named. Oh, he has been named. Do they rest him? I reckon they probably should, eh? Because they, even if they were to lose, it's, it's are they close? How close are they to the to, mm, two points behind the Roosters? Nah, I think I don't think they, they just need a win. They, they need to win their last two games and hope but the they, Roosters slip up. But surely, without Tom, they beat the Bulldogs, did they not? Yeah, but are you going to take that chance? Because they for and against doesn't really matter for them because they're forty points ahead of the Roosters. Yep. For and against, they just need to. So they really just need to hope the Roosters drop a game, which they're probably likely to do on Friday. Mm. And yeah, I think if the Roosters do lose on Friday, you probably don't rest Tommy. Eh? I think you just got to get him out there and, and get a win. Yeah, the, the other game we pretty one sided too. A eh? Penrith and, and the West Tigers, yeah. thirteen dollars, thirteen Oof. for both those teams, <laughs> yeah, and West. So if you can, yeah. 
Maybe Shows take... you how even the comp is there, yeah, hey? Yeah. It's rubbish. But um, no, that'll be a good one down at Redcliffe as well. So get down to Morton Daly Stadium, mm. get your tickets. There we end it. So that's uh, next, this weekend for, for the NRL. Moving on to the AFL. Mate, I know you, you caught a bit of it this week, um, but gee whiz, what a round of football. Phenomenal, mate. Yep. So kicked off on Friday night with the Dogs up against Port. The Dogs win. They clinch a top four spot. They lose. They leave the door open for Brisbane. Bulldogs led for 95% of the game and got run down by Port Adelaide at the end. In fairness, the Dogs kicked 10 goals four to Port Adelaide, nine goes 12. Port Adelaide was a better side, but they led majority of the game and then got pipped on the line. Uh, and then the wait happened, the nervous wait. Uh, but that was a good game of footy. It was tense the whole way, especially being a Lions supporter. Yep. It was – and then my bold prediction as well, would they lose and then they lose next week. Um, but, um, yeah, Port got the job done, 66-64. We then saw Richmond versus Hawthorne, 83 all. Both the same amount of scoring shots. Don't know if you caught any of that, mate, but Richmond kicked a goal with about 30 seconds to go to draw the match. They kicked 40 points or something in the last 10 minutes of the game to draw. Yeah, <laughs> just couldn't quite right, get that unreal. Up. The other thing that was unreal about it is we had two retirees, Basha Hooley announced his retirement through the week, and then David Asprey, two legends of the Richmond Footy Club, mm-hmm. and then uh, we saw Hawthorne, Sean Burgoyne, one of the re- legends of Australian rules football in general, um, over 400 games, um, reached the 400 club, yep, and uh, there's a few more in AFL that reached it, a uh, couple, couple of you know, I think there's a handful. Okay. Uh, but he, they, they played their last game, and uh, Sean Burgoyne was about. Oh, I, yeah, well, obviously not on camera, but uh, he was probably about an arm's length away from touching the ball on the line for Hawthorne to win that last, the last kick. Um, so pretty fitting for for you know those two teams can't make final, couldn't make finals anyway. Um, so pretty fitting that that was a draw in the end. Uh, for a couple of legends, then Clarko finished his tenure at the Hawthorne. Would Hawks. I be putting you on the spot to ask when the last draw was in the AFL? Has it been a, been a minute yeah, since you've had one? A couple of weeks. A couple of weeks. Yeah. <laughs> I just wouldn't have thought it would happen often. No, there's a few. Of them. There's been a few this year. I think maybe three or four this year. Oh, okay. Um, so that's uh, that was the first game on Saturday. We then move on. Sydney Swans just dispatched the very poor Gold Coast who left the comp about three weeks ago um, and stopped rocking up. 136 to 49, that was over. And Buddy Franklin goes eight goals away now from 1,000. What a blow, okay. Yeah. So um, we'll see if he can do it in the finals this year or not. But uh, they're an elimination final. So yeah, do you think they're a chance this year, Sydney? Do you think they're going to go? Yeah, they're, they're probably the, the pick of the bottom four teams in the eight. Okay. We'll keep yeah. an eye out for them. They're, they're a really good side. They only missed top. So they finished six, but it was only because of four and against. I think the um, fourth, fifth, and sixth all finished on 60 points. And it was just four and against that sort of amount. Um, yeah. Were and, they uh, tipped to struggle this year, Sydney? They were tipped for not making the top eight. But in that in that clump of, you know, teams, that, you know, seventh to twelfth, in that, you know, teams that are fighting for the yeah, eight. Yeah. Um, I think they were around that last year. I think they might have even finished 12th, 13th or something like that. But um, they've had above expectations here this year. They've got a young list. They're playing some really good football. They're playing a different style of football than Sydney's ever played. Scoring points, which has been great. So they're a good chance. They're a tough team. Um, so, yeah, they're going to be there or thereabouts. I don't think they can win the comp, but they're going to be they're going to push a couple of teams. Um, 
Brisbane, Brizzy Lions. Now, I know you caught a bit of this, mate, but this was game of the round for me because, number one, being Lions supporter, but there was so much on the line. So the Lions needed to win, but they needed to win by a certain amount. Yep. And as the Eagles' score got higher, the Lions' score needed to get higher. They ended up winning by 38 points. Sounds pretty good, but to make the eight based on West Coast Eagles' 87 points, they needed to kick 118 points. So they... uh. Yeah, they got there by seven points, but they kicked seven points in the last 18 seconds. So sort of became a contest within a contest. It was phenomenal. And you could see West Coast were trying to beat, you know, make sure that they kept Brisbane down. And yeah. So West Coast needed to win to, to make it in, but obviously through the, partway through the fourth quarter, you could tell that Brisbane was kicking away from them. Yeah. I think West Coast kicked the first one or two goals of the last quarter, and it was like 84 to 81 or something like that, 83 to 81 or something at one point in the last quarter. Yeah. And all Brisbane's going, fuck, we're done here. Now it looked like they were coming home strong as well, West Coast, but uh, we clicked it up another notch and we were able to kick away. And uh, yeah, mate, we kicked a point. Link McCarthy kicked a point was, I think, 17 or 18 seconds to go to get us over there. And then Charlie took an intercept mark, kicked the goal after the siren. Um, but uh, oh, mate, it was awesome. It was so good to watch. And Eagles probably play their best football they have in maybe 10, 12 weeks. They played really good. So, um, yeah, it was really good to watch. And I'm really pumped as a Brisbane fan to watch us do that as well. End up winning by 40 points after it was an arm wrestle. And they played their best, some of their best football all year. We were still able to kick away and still win by nearly 40. So that was, um, that was huge. That was awesome. Some big players stood up in some big moments as well. And Joey Danaher kicked a goal. Um, he's the first since himself in 2017 to kick a goal in every single game of the home away season. First bloke since me, that's all since yeah. himself. Well done. Yeah, yeah, good on him. Um, and I don't know how many people have done it in, in history as well, but yeah, the first time in four years that it's happened. And you do it so, so, so twice. Yeah, Man. good on him. Uh, big Joe. Uh, we then went on to what most people call the game of the round, but they're not they're biased, the Brisbane Lions fans, yeah. Uh, and that was Melbourne versus Geelong. It was the battle for whoever won got minor premiership. Okay, Melbourne hadn't won a minor premiership since 1964. Their stats are elite. When they win the minor premiership, they essentially win the comp. Yeah, so they've only lost once where they lost the grand final. Um, they only lost once. They only lost a premiership once since, yeah, when they were minor premiers. Wow. But like, mind you, last time was, you know, whatever, how long ago, 64 or 74. Um but yeah, mate, they were down by 40 points or something like that. At halftime, I think it was 62 to 23 or 63 to 22 or something. Wow. And uh, they come back and won with a kick on the siren. Kick after the siren, actually. Big Maxi Gorn, uh, the Ruckman, kicked the goal. Sounds yeah. like uh, a bit disappointing that I didn't get to catch that one. Mate, that yeah. sounded like that was a nail-biter. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, and then we saw GWS playing for a final spot as well. They needed to win to secure a spot, and they beat Carlton 89-75. to um, We then saw St Kilda play Fremantle. Fremantle needed a win to give themselves a shot at the finals, and they got beaten by 58. So something about their mentality. Uh, we then saw Essendon get the job done. They just needed a win. Oh, actually, they didn't by the time they played because Fremantle was so bad and West Coast had lost. By the time they they bounced the ball, they were in anyway, but they still got the job done against Collingwood, 102-64 to 64 for Collingwood to finish 17th, second last. And is this Essendon scraped? Is it the first time Essendon made the finals in a while? No, no they, haven't, they just haven't won a final in 17 years. Oh, okay. No pressure, mm, boys. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
but they're playing sublime footy and they play Western Bulldogs who are in the downward spiral at the moment. And then Adelaide Crows, 98 to 54 against North Melbourne to finish off the year pretty strong. They had 33 scoring shots. So they're, they're in an upward spiral. Adelaide, and I think Mel- North Melbourne proved themselves going okay this year. I think Collingwood are better than 17th. Um, Hawthorne finished off the rear year really strong. Out of those bottom sides, really the only underperformers, I believe, at the end of the year anyway, um, with oh, probably Frio, they gave up their shot. West Coast were very poor at the end of the year. Carlton were terrible. And Gold Coast were awful as well. They really switched off. But um, Hawthorne come home strong. There's a couple of good signs from a couple of teams. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do next year. Um, and is the finals next week or do they have a week off? They have a week off. Yeah, they have a bye week. So, um, yeah, some four big finals, Port versus Geelong at Adelaide. We then go to Tassie, uh, where Sydney play GWS in the Sydney Isn't Derby. That is a shame that that's not in yeah, Sydney. Yeah, correct, hey? mate. Yeah. Uh, and then Melbourne versus Brisbane at Adelaide Oval. Uh, and then we see the Bulldogs versus Essendon at Utah's as well. Shame that that's not at the G. That would mm. be a cracker. Yeah, but a um, couple of really good games. I think that... Oh, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say Geelong bounce back and, and win that first game. Aren't they sort of serial chokers in the finals? Is that a fair comment? Yeah, they're, they're serial chokers in important finals. Okay. This is just a qualifying one. Oh, so I'm going to so, say. Yeah, it's not elimination. Whereas Port Adelaide, very rarely do they beat good sides. Um, so Geelong, I'm going Geelong. I think Sydney will get the job done. Hoping Brisbane do. That's going to be very, very important. That's going to be a cracker, I reckon. That's going to be a really good game. I think Essendon will get the job done against the Bulldogs. But, um, yeah, we've got a week to think about There'll it. be some Bombers fans happy if they do. It's oh, correct. It's been time. a long time, mate. Yeah. That must have been James Hurd era. Um, yep. And, uh, yeah, Lloydie would have been playing and a couple of those guys. I think um, I saw a poster in the week of the last what the world was like and I think Anthony Kalia was in uh, America, Australian Idol or whatever. You remember Anthony Kalia? Yeah, I remember Anthony Kalia. Yeah. Just quite if you just pop his name into Google and into YouTube rather, he sings a really good version of the Liverpool You Never Walk Alone okay, song. Does he? So yeah, there you go. Okay, check it out, no guys. I enjoy that. <laughs> um, talking points from the AFL this week, apart from the awesome round of footy that it was, uh, Teague is still in limbo, so Carlton are just fucking this up royally. They've it's an ongoing um, review by the board. And why ongoing, they saw it this week and it's just kind of still going um, because they're waiting for Alistair Clarkson to come back and say whether he wants the job or not. That's a pretty terribly run club. But anyway, just... the coach is a problem, you know? Yeah. yeah Clarko just got sacked somewhere, didn't he? Sacked from Hawthorne. Um, Carlton. Uh... Not really sacked. It was just like, oh, well, your contract's up, mate. We're not going to renew it because we've got Sam Mitchell here who was the next guy all along anyway. I might um, be mate. I thought I saw Clarko say that he wanted to go and spend some time with his yeah, wife and do some other you things. I don't think he knows what he wants to do either. Um, well, would you really go, mate? If you're listening, Clarko, go spend some time with your wife because you don't want to take over. No, that no, nest no fucking hell. It's a pro- it's a yeah, they're, they're in all sorts, mate. So, uh, T, you still don't know what's going on there. And then we had more retirements as well. So, I spoke about Sean Burgoyne and Basha Hooley. They announced their retirement after we recorded the podcast. Uh, this week, they were the big ones. And then a couple that are looking like retiring, Jake Carl and David Zaharakis, um, they haven't been offered contracts for next season, so it looks like they'll probably hang up the boots as well. David Zaharakis was a part of my favourite AFL memory in history. Okay? Mm-hmm. Go and look up. Anzac Day, 08, I think it was. Um, Collingwood Essendon. Essendon kicked the goal on the siren to win. 
It was that wild of a game. The camera was shaking because the crowd was so loud yeah. when he kicked it. It was messed up. And Zaha Rakas kicked it one step from 50 metres out while being tackled at the same time to win the game. It was messed. It was awesome, mate. It was phenomenal. And I fucking hate Collingwood. It was awesome to see that. So, um, yeah, do yourself a favour and go watch that on YouTube. Um, but, uh, yeah, a couple of guys, they just haven't really been up. Jake Collar's played four games this year. He's had some injury problems. And Zaha Rakas can't really find his way in, be an emergent uh, medical sub a couple of times and just can't get in. There's a couple of young guys who are really stepping up there and their midfield's really, really solid at the moment. So, um, yeah, a couple of guys that are by the wayside at the moment. But, uh, yeah, looking forward to the finals in not next week, the week after. Or not this week, the week after, sorry. Uh, moving on to horse racing, though. So last week I gave out a couple of tips and they went a bit shit. Um, so we had some iconic that looked like it was going to win at the top of the straight. Um, and then we just had no luck with imaging. Imaging looked like it was a yeah nearly a moral beaten, but uh, it's still looking for a way out on the fence there at uh, Randwick. So keep an eye on him. He's, he's running well. I think it over was good. Just wasn't up to that class, unfortunately. But um, yeah, we, we did the right thing by taking on very elegant because she got beaten by Mwanga, who's uh, the next star on the rise. So well done to Animal Nisham in the team. But um, on to this week, the Group 1 action is from Caulfield this week. We've got the Memsey Stakes, which is a phenomenal race in history. Some absolute stars have won this in the past. Uh, I won't go through all the names, but some absolute genuine stars have won it. And it's a really good start-off point for a couple of, you know, Really class horses for string. Horses like Maccabi Diva, So You Think, like there's some been some stars that have won it in the past 20 Sunline in, in the past 20 or so years. So I'm happy to take on last year's winner and favourite in this behemoth. Okay. Uh, after he only just got there on protest last start, he hasn't been at his best, I don't think, since the Everest flop last year. Uh, and his second up form isn't super strong. He's only got two wins, I think, from seven goes. One second, his first up form is really strong though. I think he's got four from five or something first up. Um, he also doesn't draw to get all the favours like last year. Draw Barry two last year, draws nine this year. Um, and there looks to be some good speed engaged in this. So we'll be looking to midfield runners that have drawn well. Okay, um, Mares don't usually have a great record in this with only six winning in the last 20 years. And they have all been top class as well. Atlantic Jewel, Miss Finland, Maccabi Diva and Sunline are just four of them. Yeah, uh, so you've got to be class. You're going to be a mayor. This year's edition has a distinct lack of class in the males, however. So I think it might open the door up for a good mayor. Um, there's four group one as winners out of the males, but they have marks against them. Behemoth, not sure he's at his best, as I just said. And Willow has chosen to take on the ride on Tefani, uh over him. 50 stars usually need some runs under his belt. So maybe um, look for him late, but Probably not the race for him. Streets of Avalon pulled up lame last start, so excuses, but there is good speed in this. So might need some luck from an outside draw, but he's also a horse that needs his own way to feature, but is a knockout chance of $21. Aegon uh, is the other uh, Group 1 winner, but he needs it wet, and some likely to be wet on Saturday. There's some cloud around, but no rain reported. Um, and... So yeah, that's I think that's that's the four male group one winners. I'm not sure there's a whole lot of class there. They usually need an inside draw over 1400 here at Caulfield, and that is proven in this race with only four Memsey winners in 21 years having come from Barrier Seven or worse. With all this being said, that leads me to the bottom four runners in the race: the mares, four females. 
Um, Colette will be hard-pressed from the draw and on dry ground, but look for her winning a good race this spring, maybe the Epsom if she goes there. Um, Tefane can win on class but doesn't do her best fresh, and she is nine weeks between runs at the moment. Sierra Sue is up and fit and flying, but might not have the class, so I have landed on the Perth Mare Inspirational Girl as my bet. Each way bet on her at $7.50 looks good. She ticks all the boxes. Good draw. Will settle off the speed. Hasn't missed a placing at 1,407 goes, including five wins. Um, she's two from three with it. Uh, second first up. She's a group one winner and has some serious class. She could be in for a big prep this spring. We'll need a shade of luck from where she might get to in the run, but provided she has some clear air, she can win this. Also, just have a little saver on Streets of Avalon at that price. So that's Group 1 action. Also, are you going to have a punt this weekend, mate, or have a look? I might have a look, mate, but if your tips were no good last week, I'm <laughs> No, but I'll, I'll check it out, mate. I'll, I'll back a couple of winners this weekend, I'm sure. Okay, no worries. Just let us know once once they've won, hey? Yeah, after. Uh, on the yeah. potty <laughs> later on. But, um, mate, instead of important questions, we decided to brush that. Uh, instead, we'll just be bringing up one main talking point from sport each week. So you're up first, Gumby. Mate, what have you got for me this week? Um, I guess what I'd probably want to have a yarn about is Melbourne Storm, where they rank mm-hmm. in terms of... Obviously, they've, we've mentioned a couple of times today that they've equaled that record, looking to beat that mm-hmm. Roosters record. Mm-hmm. Based on that, you'd probably say they're the greatest uh, Melbourne Storm side of all time. But for me, I think that some of those other teams, Smith, mm-hmm. Slater, mm-hmm. Cronk, those teams probably beat this team. Do you think that's a... It's pretty hard to argue against eras, though, isn't it? Like... Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think the competition was a bit different in 2008 than what it was in than what it is now. Yeah. I don't know, mate. I can't go past like those the the cheating ones. Yeah. Like 09. GI. Yeah. 08, 09, I think was the years. Uh, maybe I'm wrong there. Maybe it's 9, 10. Anyway, regardless. I think of that, it was 10 but, um, when when your dragons won. I reckon. Maybe. Yeah. No, that's when they got the punishment. I think. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. But GI in the centres, you got Billy at the back, Cam at nine, um, Kronk seven, um, with some other solid footballers as well. Like who else was there? Gaia. Yeah, no, Stevie Bell played Origin. I like Matt King. Matt King, yeah, played for Australia as well. Played Origin, played for Australia. They had a good forward line. Ryan Hoffman, yeah. DJ, and yeah, they were a good side. For me, like the Melbourne team, they will they'll beat the record, but they're Definitely not the greatest no. club side of all time. I think it just highlights that the competition's been a little bit weak this year. Mm. Kind of mm-hmm. highlighted by mm. teams scraping into a spot with a losing position, but still, still an, an excellent achievement. I wouldn't take that away from them. But yeah. who, who ranks as your best premiership side that you've seen then in the NRL in your lifetime? Put you on the spot. Yeah, pick the Roosters. Now, um, I would as in like one, uh, one, one team at full strength for a year. I'm going to go 2012, probably Melbourne when they after they had that. Then mm. you know they caught that punishment and mm. they came back and won that with um yeah just some real real guns in that team like for me Cooper Cronk I know everyone talks about Thurston and Smith mm-hmm. and Slater mm-hmm. all those guys being immortals but for me Cooper Cronk did more than any of them mm-hmm. for me I think Cooper Cronk yeah I'd go the twenty twelve Melbourne Storm probably okay. beats any team that I've seen okay I'd I'd chuck a vote in for an O two Bulldogs whenever they cheated the cap yeah that was a fucking good side man. You know who they have? Nasser and Sherwin and the Nasser Hals. Nasser and, and the Hals, uh, the general at the back. Has them. Um, they had that gun outside backs as well. Yeah. Bungana, uh, Willie Talao. Yep. Um, Hazem Al-Mazri. Hazem, yeah. And oh, uh, who else they have? Willie Mason. Yeah, Willie. Like when he, cause he had gun forward pack, didn't they? Yeah. Because yeah. like Willie Mason and Marco Milley for a while there, they were like yeah. the, the 
probably two of the best forwards in the club, yep. I think, towards the end of their careers. They maybe tailed off and people forgot just how damaging yeah. they really were. Eh? Frankie Pitchard, was he around then? He might have been at Penrith, eh? Back Good old then. Grimaldi, you remember him? Tackle by yeah, Grimaldi. Yeah. Um, Corey Hughes and uh, yeah. Adam Perry, the, that, like it was an, uh, probably not the biggest name half, dummy half pairing, but they actually yeah. did a really good job. Corey Hughes, quite an attacking player, yeah. and then Perry would come on and yep. make his tackles. Yeah, they good score, eh? Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, that probably goes close. I'm biased. 2010 yeah. Dragons is a pretty good overall squad. I think, like, not so much the names, but how they performed how that year. How they performed, yeah. They were tough. They were just... Defensively stout. Oh, 6-0 at halftime, and they ended up winning 30-0 and some, stuff like that. Like, they were just so hard to stop. And if you think about it, they had, you know, you talk about names, but, fuck, mate, Darius Boyd at his peak. Yeah. Gaznia, Cooper, yep. pretty good centre pairing. Yeah, They're yeah. one of the GOAT centre pairings of NRL era. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think you've got like, the Morris boys. Yeah, uh, actually, then you've yeah. also got guys like, uh, who else? Sean Timmons, was he still around then? He might have been done right. by then. Ben Hornby played yeah, a lot of games for a long time. Well, I, I, I don't think, think Ben Hornby's though in that like elite. Probably not in the elite mould. Um, who else do you have? Jamie Soward played. Yeah, yeah Jamie Soward had the, the form... Like that, he was robbed of a Dalian that year because fucking your rooster mate, Todd Carney, had a sob story. He also had a very good year. <laughs> <laughs> he also had a very good year, don't get me wrong, but Sound had the best year. He literally took them to that premiership and had a yeah. good forward pack as well. We remember uh, Wayman was a gun back in those days, I think. Kev Costigan, Jeremy Smith. Yep. Ben Craig. Jeremy Smith was a gun. Yeah. Dean Young. Yeah, Dean Young. Solid, good solid football. Yeah, you're right. They're probably not stars, right? But that, Yeah, that's the thing. I think that they really punched squad. above their weight. Like, all those guys performed really well that year, but, like, Jamie Sowell mm. never had another year like that. Mm. Anyway, my talking point, mate, is how dumb are footballers? Seriously. Like, at the end of the day, like, if you can't have a beer without getting loose and hooking up with someone in the toilet, so I'm sure there was something different going on, but um, if you can't go out and not punch someone and all mm. this sort of shit, like, just don't drink. Yeah. And, uh, mate, I saw on 100% footy this week, um, Gal and, and uh, Gus were talking about it, and Gus said, you know, one of the hardest parts for now in our old players' um, lives is saying no to their mates. And, like, at the end of the day, I'm sure you said no to your mates a couple of times for work, and so have I. Like, fucking normal human beings do it. Yeah. Just because you play football and you've got a bit more time than, you know, another person on a Tuesday afternoon or, you know, Saturday after the season or whatever, doesn't mean you go out and get on the piss and fight people and do stupid shit. Like, it's not that fucking hard. Like, you know, sacrificing one night on the piss, all good players do that. Yeah. You know, we saw with the Bulldogs during this week, Adam Elliott fucking again in trouble because he's a moron. doesn't matter what how bad the incident was. But at the end of the day, he's created more drama again because of his drinking. Yeah. And it was all because they had a function and then some people, extra people decided to go out afterwards and go and do more stuff. I'm like, just say no if you've got a problem with alcohol. Just say no to that shit. Yeah. You know, like that's not that hard, is it? I don't know. Especially in the middle of the season. You know, like at the end of the day, I'm sure there's, you know, guys that go and work seven on, seven off, guys and girls that go and work seven on, seven off up to the mines and that sort of stuff. I'm pretty sure they probably miss a couple of drinking sessions with their mates. Like, mm-hmm. fuck me. It's not that hard. Yeah. Especially- all the sacrifice for work. And a lot of the time, I think you hear like sort of footballers say like it's like the money, like you can't sort of say, well, these guys make a lot of money for, for as the answer to everything. But I think you can, like when yeah. you make half a million dollars a year, you've got to make those sacrifices. Like 
Yeah, Cristiano Ronaldo, for example, you know, the bloke, I don't think he even drinks soft drinks. You know, yeah. he makes all those sacrifices and look where yeah. he gets him. I think that's what people need to remember. 100%, mate. And the other thing is, you're right. Like, if you earn a particular amount of money, if you earn over $200,000 a year, you are literally in like the top 1% of Australian earnings, earners, yeah. which means you're in the top 1% of performers in whatever you do. Now, if you make the NRL, yeah. you're in a top very few percentage of people that play rugby league. Yeah. So you're in the top percentage. Now, if you earn over $200,000 a year, well, that's not minimum tr- contract. You've been around for a while. You're playing, you're generally playing some first grade and that sort of stuff. Yeah. Like you're in the top, top 0.5% of the rugby league playing community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you probably do make, need to make some sacrifice. I'm pretty sure the CEO of, you know, companies probably doesn't go out and get pissed with his mates on a Friday night if he's got a meeting on a Saturday morning. You know what I mean? Like stuff like that and I understand that, you know, meetings and all this sort of stuff. But if you're in the public's eye, if you're also making the top 0.5% of money, which means you're in the top 0.5% of performers in whatever you do for a living, mm. you're on show. Yeah. Especially after, like they've gone, went, gone to a Bulldogs function. It was a function for them as workers. Yeah. You know, could you imagine, you know, you, you work for um, a liquor company. Could you imagine the CEO, you know, you go and have an award ceremony or whatever and you go to work and then your CEO goes get blind, goes and gets blind drunk and then goes out and makes a fool of himself or herself straight after a work party. It just doesn't fucking happen, does yeah, it? And if no. they do, they have ramifications for it. There's problems that come with it. Yeah. I'm like, these guys just need to grow up. Yeah. I feel like with footballers, people love to make excuses for them. And we went to a a school that had a few footballers Mm -hmm. coming through. And I think you see footballers from a very young age, if you can kick a footy, you're treated a bit different Mm -hmm. to the other kids. Mm -hmm. You get a bit of special treatment um, from, you know, obviously teachers and and things like that. But also just within your peers, you're given this sort of status that you're the man. I think they just like to play up to that a lot of the time. And... Yeah, football is for me. I don't know. I just think if you can't be that hard to behave yourself, hey? Oh, seriously. Yeah. Yeah, come on. Grow up. Uh, I'm sure none of you listen, but anyway. Yeah, well, you mentioned at school, mate. I remember when I, I, didn't, I don't know if you were part of this detention, but I remember me and a couple other boys got out of detention because we were in the in footy program. And I was rubbish. Yeah. I still got out of a detention, a rightful detention, because I played footy. That's it. That was the only difference between me and the other kids that yeah. stay behind. And I think then that, that like privilege sort of continues, obviously, beyond high school when they get into mm. the NRL, and then you become very privileged within society. And a lot of the time you hear, like, yeah, footballers, uh, I, I couldn't probably say which one said this, but a lot of the time you hear them sort of make that argument that, yeah, the amount of money we make is irrelevant. You know, why should we be held to a higher standard mm. than anyone else? But it, it 100% is relevant. I think yeah. when you're in a privileged position, you've got to behave. You're held to our account. Yeah, 100%. Simple as that. Uh, anyway, that's my talking point. Footballers, stop being idiots. Um, Move on, mate. Gumby's goats. He's not very lean or mean, but he is keen. He's our answer to Scott Minto, and he loves his goats. It's time for Gumby's goats. Alrighty, so Gumby's goats, obviously the time of the week that I get uh, particularly excited for. Um, For those of us who might be first-time listeners, it's just going to be our our top five of of something, just whatever I want to cover. Um, so this week, you know, last week I mentioned on the show, I thought Brisbane were going to try and move Alex Glenn on. Yep. Then I picked that like a dirty nose. Yeah, you did. Yeah, they moved on into same, same retirement. Yeah. <laughs> Unlucky, Glenn. But um, obviously he did have a good career at Brisbane, one club yep. man. So yep. it got me reflecting on uh, who are some of the great 
one club players from mm. from all around. So let's hit it. We'll let's hit it, us, mate. Number five. Until recently, I had this guy as the greatest rugby league player of all time. Somebody okay. just overtook him recently, but um, D Lockyer, Darren Lockyer, what a man! Um, as a kid growing up, I'd say he was sort of like our equivalent to Wally Lewis for the Broncos. Yeah, correct. Yeah, um, held records for the most NRL appearances, appearances mm. for Australia. Yeah, Origin appearances, four premierships, three as a fullback, one yeah. as a five eight. Phenomenal footballer, outstanding footballer. Um, but he's been pipped here. To number four by uh, the bloke that I've got as the the rugby league goat, Mr. Cameron Smith. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Spent 19 years uh, at the top level, making his debut in 2002. He really, really kicked on quite quickly. 2003, he's mm-hmm. into the Origin team, and um, look from there, he had a had one hell of a career. Three premierships. Yep. Another two that have a little asterisk next to him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, 430 NRL games. It's phenomenal, isn't it? Yeah, even to make the 300 club. Well, there's, there's only about 35 to 40 players made that 300 club, and he's made his own club 400. Yeah, as if the, the 300 club wasn't exclusive <laughs> yeah, enough. Yeah. He's uh, smashed through there. He was there when Queensland um, had their period of dominance, yeah. and then once Smith retired, sort yeah, of yeah. coincided with uh, this, this new era that we're seeing at the moment. Yeah. So I don't think there's a coincidence there at all. Um, so there we go, and then moving into yep. number three, going to have a look at some different sports, and um, obviously Darren Lockyer and Cameron Smith, huge in Australia. I think mm. the next three are, are worldwide household names. Yep. Uh, going to hit Ryan Giggs at number three. Yep. Twenty four years at Man United. He's probably older than some. Oh, that's probably longer at Man United than some of our listeners have been on the earth. So, yeah, 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 for sure, uh, mate. Um, just to put it all into perspective, what he achieved, you know, he uh, thirteen times. Premier League champion. Yeah. Do you reckon that made it easier to stay around at Manchester United? <laughs> I think it did. He might have been a bit higher up on the list, I think, because the guys in two and one probably had opportunities to move on. I think yeah, yeah. Giggsy, you're probably not going to leave Man United. Yeah, no. But um, 13 times he's won the Premier League there, four FA Cups, two-time Champions League winner, just a left-footed magician. We all love seeing Ryan Giggs running down mm-hmm. the wing, so he gets uh, number three. One one thing I do have here in my notes, Del Piero. Do you remember him? Yep. He uh, reckons that he's cried twice while watching footballers. First one, Diego Maradona, and the second one, mm-hmm. Ryan Giggs. That's okay. quite a wrap. He's there you go. Good bloke. You could almost forget that he shagged his brother's missus for a few years there. He might <laughs> he have been did he? Yeah, he did. Really? You, oh, it, it, <laughs> throw his name in on Spotify, guys, and there's a podcast where his brother will, will give you all the details of that one. <laughs> Rodri wasn't happy as you yeah, were right. and so what happened there mate? <laughs> you could tell the story now well, I don't really you know, I, I guess I think I think Rodri Giggs's wife had um, been having a few affairs yep and uh, yeah one of them was was a great man Ryan Giggs She's, yeah I'm not sure how Rodri yeah. sort of found out about that but um, yeah, yeah one too many family picnics better, better footballer than brother clearly <laughs> yeah obviously uh, number two we do have a great family man may rest in peace Kobe Bryant Yep, 20 years at the uh, LA Lakers, five NBA championships, gold medal, yep. 2008 and 2012 at the Olympics, over 33,000 career points, one of the uh, one of the great careers. Yep. Um, back in 2006, he had 81 points in a game. It was yep. the, the first time, oh, sorry, the most of all time since a bloke called Wilt Chamberlain in 1962. Scored 100, yep. Scored 100, so there you back go. Four three-pointers were a thing as well, Wilt Chamberlain. Good 100. Fancy. Would have, good how effort. many would he have scored if there were three well, points? Wow. Yeah. And yeah. number one, I think it's 
I'm not sure this is disputable, really. I think yeah. it's, it's pretty clear to me. The eighth yep. king of Rome, Francesco Totti, yep. um, spent his entire career at Roma. And like he said, with Ryan Giggs, how easy would it have been to stick around at Man United? Mm -hmm. Roma, they went all right. He did win a Serie A there. He, he won a couple yep. of Coppa Italias, but they're not the giants United were in. There would have been plenty of opportunities for him to, to move away, but he mm -hmm. stayed there, their most capped player. When he was a young fella, apparently his mum told him to knock back a big contract at Milan to keep a, a son at home. He was a Roma supporter growing yeah, up. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just when I think it's Hottie, just the, the thumb-sucking celebration yeah, and yeah, yeah. stuff. And I'll almost forgive him for beating us in the World Cup. I was going to say, yeah, well, that's probably the only guy that we could forgive from that 06 Italian side, even though he was the one that officially knocked us out with the with the penalty goal. But um, he obviously wasn't the one that took a dive. Yeah. Um, but... He was a legend, mate. I used to love picking him in like FIFA 2005 and six and stuff like that on career mode. I, I reckon the juice. in high school, mate, when we had free dress, I can you shut up in a toddy shirt one I day. I probably did, yeah. I think I might have one somewhere. Yeah, yeah. What a guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, what a guy. He had the ponytail back in the day as well. Uh, I was a big fan of that back in early noughties, mate. And then that obviously quickly went out of fashion. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, yeah, mate, he was a gun, wasn't he? Yeah, there you go. Easily, easily takes out top spot Gumby's Goats this week. So nice one, Toddy. Sweet, Gumby's Goats for another week. Have your say on socials. We'll put it up there and let us know who your top five is. Alrighty, on to trivia. So we head over to you, Matthew, to remind us of last week's question. Hello, fine chaps. Who was the first person in history to hit the first ball of a test match for six? Alrighty, we had a few answers online. So let's have a look now if they are right. Chris Gale. That's right, it wasn't until 2012 that the first ball of a test sailed over the ropes. And what a man to break that milestone. We love you, Universe Boss. How good's Chris Gale, mate? What a gun. Yeah, one of my favourite cricketers uh, doing the rounds at the moment. I love watching Chris Gale play. I'm... Another guy that's been around on the scene for over 20 years. Yeah, the Universe 21 boss. years now, 22 years or something on the, on the World Tour. So, oh, mate, the Universe Boss, he's a freak. Doesn't age either. I've heard you've got a strip club in his house too. The, the <laughs> Probably. Do you follow him on Insta? Yeah, yeah. He's a Oh, mate. After they finished the IPO, you know how they all went to the Maldives? Yep. Pretty sure he stayed a couple of weeks longer. And, uh, yeah, a, bit, a fair bit of champagne through the system. But, uh, yeah, what a gun. And overall, like, obviously, he, he's a he's a one-day and, and tweet. Probably the greatest T20 player we've ever seen. Mm. Obviously, can bowl, can do a bit of fielding, but... Sublime batsman, the first to ever hit 100 in T20 as well. I think it was an 07 uh, T20 World Cup that was. Um, freak, still averaged 40-something at test level. Seven Over 7,000 runs at test level. Didn't really like playing test match cricket and still averaged over 40. One of the greatest opening batsmen of all time based on averages and runs in test match cricket, and he didn't want to play it. <laughs> Unbelievable, hey! A little bit underrated, almost. You kind of forget what a good Test cricketer he has been. Correct, mate. Days. Correct. But uh, yeah, first man to hit a six in Test cricket uh, off the first ball. So it's uh, Chris Gale. But uh, on to this week. So time for this week's trivia question. What have you got for us, Matthew? Oh yes, hello, old Cox. What do the national football teams of Norway and Senegal have in common? So as always, we'll put that up on the socials, so make sure you get your answers in to see if you can get it right, and we'll reveal the answer next week, as we always do. But, mate, on to bold predictions, and what have you got for us this week? Um, this week, mate, I'm going to have a quick chat. Are you going to have a good one for us this week? You know, the Titans was a bold one. They lost, but yep. you know, it was a good one. Like you, yeah, you it was like your neck out. Was it seven bucks, I think. Yeah, you're going to stick your neck out this time? Yeah, this week I'm going to give you one. you get 15 bucks for this. Okay. So... Uh... 
Everton have um, just installed a new manager. Okay. Rafa. Yep. And uh, Rafa, former Liverpool manager. Yep. So for those of you maybe Did he play that... for Liverpool as well? Oh, no, I think he I don't okay. think he did. He may have, but um yeah, former Liverpool manager. In his time at Liverpool he described Everton as a small club. If you don't mm-hmm. follow the Premier League. And they're about like two kilometres from each other as well. Right next door, yeah. yeah. It's it's just, it's an intense rivalry. Mm. Um, think like South versus Roosters, probably mm. bigger, you know mm. what I mean? I don't, mm-hmm. I'm not sure that we really have anything in Australia that would really mm. probably compare Australia to... Australia England in, the, in cricket. Yeah, yeah. There's a real, real hatred there. Mm. And um, so he, he's a former Liverpool man. He's taken over to Everton. The pressure's really going to be on him if he can't do something. I think as soon as they lose a few games or fail to win a trophy, the fans are going to jump on his back. And that's why I'm picking them to really go hard this year for the the EFL Cup, Carbo Cup, whatever you want to call it these days. I think Everton are really going to prioritise that competition and and I think they're going to go deep. I think think they can win it and you'll get 15 bucks right now for them if you you like it. So jump on. Good on you, Gumdogs. That's actually a good one, mate. Well done. (laughs) (laughs) On to mine. I've already spoken about it, so I'm just going to stick with uh, what I've spoken about. I've taken on the two favourites in the Memzy, Tefane and Behemoth. Um, yeah, I reckon they can get beat. So can that's you, my bold prediction. They're going to, both of those, that neither of those favourites are going to win. Well, I might look for like a, you know, you can normally get the, the field to be the favourite. So yeah. I'm going to be on that, mate. Not, not too bold, but I'll, mm. I'll take that. No worries. But yeah, that's my bold. Tafane and Behemoth will not win the Memsey this weekend. Sure. That's it from us this week, mate. Big episode. But thanks again for coming on board. Mate, how good. It's uh, good to be here. I think that was one of our best. Oh. We're getting better every week. <laughs> well, hopefully. Um, but uh, our wisdom this week, mate, comes from former English footballer Tony Cotty. I think that's how you pronounce it, like Cotty's Cordial. Good um, drink. I like Tony Cotty, yeah, ph- phenomenal drink. Um, anyway, his wise words were, the thing about goal scorers is that they score goals. They do. Yeah, well, he's not wrong, is he? No, he's not. <laughs> anyway, see you all next week. Thanks for listening. And remember to hit up the socials, like, comment, share, whatever you need to do. And remember kids, sport's not about having fun, it's about winning.